0: well greetings and salutations everybody welcome to the best Denver related show on the planter at the john Campia show brought to you in part by mint mobile coming from right here on my youtube channel i am of course your host john campia and it is an awesome honor and privilege as it is every day to have you our international friends gather around. As we talk about our favorite things in the world: movies, movie news, TV shows, streaming. Not going to D23. All sorts of great things. Okay. Joining me, of course, sitting right over here, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today, sir?
1: John, you know I'm going to bring up something I don't usually bring up because Chris doesn't understand it. But the Seahawks are facing Russell Wilson tonight. They're that's, from Seattle. No, that's the Monday, Monday Night, night game. Football. That's the Broncos. Right. The Broncos Those led now by
2: once <laughs> I'm catching up. I'm catching up. Wow. Birds versus horses. Birds versus horses. I'm betting on horses.
1: You know, a defecting Jedi Knight of the Pacific Northwest taking on his former team. I mean, Hand it to the NFL. They've certainly known how to... uh, kick this season oh my off. god
0: they had the bills open up against the rams they had the bucks open up against the cowboys which of course opened the season last year which was insane by the way tom brady got it done last night Yep. Uh, a lot of, a lot of great way to open the nfl season and of course a little bit later today breaking down all the games stats mm-hmm. the ins and outs will be chris carr yes. uh, chris how are you doing today
2: i am great cowboys they're from the south and horses are everywhere with nails for feet did it. Nailed it. <laughs>
0: Nailed it. Ready Got it. to go. ESPN, I'll call. Uh, right, sitting over here, of course, uh, joining us. He's going to be joining you guys in the live chat here today. He was over at my place last night watching some Game of Thrones. Ray R is here. Ray, how you doing? Hey, hey, I did the impossible.
3: I watched two movies. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> what
2: does that mean?
3: Love and Thunder, I finished. Okay. Morbius, I started four times. <clears throat> <laughs> and I, it's, I can't. 20 minutes in, I'm just passed out. So I will try again today to watch. <laughs> to get through Morbius. Yeah. But Love and Thunder? <laughs> I made it all the way it's through. It's a two hour music video.
2: It is. That's a good yeah, description. It's, it's, a, of it's a Guns N'
3: Roses music video. I had no idea. What, I don't even know if I like it or not, but it was a two hour music video to me. By the way,
0: (laughs) uh, also joining us last night at our place, watching some uh, Game of Thrones, Aaron and her husband, Tom and little Tommy, little baby
2: Tommy. (gasps)
0: Tommy. I got to tell you guys this. I've never seen anything like it. This Ray is a baby whisperer because baby Tommy Ray was sitting on the floor. That's just because where he always sits when he's watching stuff, he sits on the floor. So, baby Tommy crawled over the edge of the couch and was just, I don't, the best word is engaging mm. with Ray. And the baby was just laughing its full head off, Come like on. constantly. Like, whatever Ray would say or do, the baby thought was the funniest thing that has ever happened in the history of the world.
3: Baby knows baby. <laughs>
0: Come it on. Was, we have a connection. We're both babies. There was a real connection going on there. Anyway, guys, speaking of connection, Thank you for connecting with us here today and joining (laughs) us on the show. Here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break it down into two parts. The first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. So two things. Number one, you got to be watching live. And number two, when we get to the end of the main topics, we'll announce that we're opening up the Super Chats. And that'll be your guys' cue to start firing in your comments, questions, theories, opinions, whatever, about any or all the topics that we discuss here today. Okay, guys, we got a loaded show here today, so let's get things moving here with a couple of off-the-tops. And our first off-the-top is this. You know, there's been a lot of good shows that have come out in the last couple of years. One of the ones that I was very interested in and have been very, very happy with is Henry Cavill's Witcher. Um, now, that is one going into it that a lot of people were excited about, but it's like, are they going to be able to pull this off? Are they going to be able to make this work? Season one, crushed it the way they the way they use time and non-linear storytelling because I, I can't remember how many episodes you got into season one where it's like you start realizing oh my god these different stories have been telling have not been happening at the same time there i mean it was it was a really cool mechanism to use that i don't really recall seeing being used very often it was used great season two was great i didn't think quite as good as season one i didn't think season two was quite as good but i still was thoroughly engaged with it thoroughly enjoyed it And they, of course, have been shooting season two or season three, and it is now official. Production on season three is wrapped. Henry Cavill sent out a pleasant, nice message to all the people who worked on it, acknowledging all their hard work, saying, go get a great rest. And there's an official uh, synopsis for it out now that reads as following. As monarchs, mages, and beasts of the continent com- compete to capture her, Geralt of Rivia takes Ciri on, uh, to Sintra into hiding, determined to protect his newly reunited family against those who would threaten to destroy it, says the official synopsis for the third season. Entrusted with Ciri's magical training, Yennefer, who loves being naked, leads them to the protected fortress of, here we go, Aretuza, where she hopes to discover more about the girl's untapped powers. Instead, They discover they've landed in a battlefield of political corruption, dark magic, and treachery. They must fight back, put everything on the line, or risk losing each other forever. I, Rob, we talk about the word tangibilization a lot. This makes me so excited. I am so happy to see this show come back. The fact that it's done production. now I don't know when they're aiming to have it released by. Cause obviously there's still have a long process of post production to do, but I have loved this show so far. Hearing that season three is shot makes me happy. This synopsis sounds great to me. Anyway, Witcher season three is now wrapped up. What are you thinking? I think, well, I think
1: which is a very respectable show. I mean, it's, it, it, it it might not reach the highs that we want, but it keeps... It's, it's not Game of Thrones. No, it's, it, but it's a good simmer, good boil. Uh, I like the show. And, and to know that season three shot, I mean, I'm sure they have a long post-production process. We probably won't see it till the spring or summer, I would imagine. Maybe earlier, but I doubt it because you're talking 10 episodes. That's a lot of post. But it's cool that, that it's done and ready to go. And I like the fact that Henry Cavill's communicative, obviously he's allowed to do that. You know, Netflix says, yeah, go ahead and tweet or whatever. But it's exciting. I mean, I think that that it's a good show, and
0: um, that's all you can ask for, really. Chris, what have you thought about Witcher? Are you looking forward to season three?
2: Freaking love this show. And I will say, I, I never read the books. I kind of tried to read some for when I had to do assignments about the show and I read some of the original comics um, from way, way back in the day. Um, the Polish translations are very, very hard to find. But <laughs> the game is super fun, and I love that Henry Cavill is so committed to this character and such a book nerd where he's on set giving notes about things and saying things like, well, actually, in the book, this happens like this. And I think that really, really shows in this show. You can tell how passionate he is. He's so committed to this character. He kind of married the game and the novel with the vocal work he's doing too. that low gritty voice he does for Geralt is so good. I really have fun with this one. I love how just like campy and like ridiculous it can be at times, but then also have really, really beautiful grounded moments that are really human. Yeah. And the creature work on the show, I think is astounding too. Oh, actually,
0: uh, yeah, yeah. the creature work is really, it's really really fun. So I'm
2: pumped. This is one of my favorites to watch. All right, guys,
0: question is for you. What do you think about this? Witcher season three is now wrap production, going to be getting ready to head TV's. Now it's going into its post-production. What do you think about the synopsis? Are you excited? Have you been watching the show at all? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. Okay, guys, with that down, let's do another off the top, and that is this. Now, you guys may know that I absolutely loved Knives Out. Knives Out was like such a refreshing callback to an old style of movie you just don't see very much of, filled with an incredible cast that was just amazing. Each one of them brought a different spark of life to the entire movie overall. It was a wonderful whodunit and got a lot of awards, attention, all that kind of stuff. So they make the announcement that they're making a sequel. Not a great title, Glass Onion, uh, I think the full title, what is it, uh, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery? Not a great title, but whatever, titles are titles, doesn't really matter. And, of course, the first trailer dropped for it the other day, which I thought was pretty charming. I liked it a lot for a first trailer. I thought it was pretty good. The other ones will hopefully give us a little bit more of an idea about what's going on in this one. But, Knives Out 2, Glass Onion, has now played at the Toronto International Film Festival. And now a lot of us who are fans of the first one have been crossing our fingers that this one can at least be almost as good as the first one. Well, according to the critics over at TIFF, this is better than the original. That's what they're saying. They're saying it's better than the original. Uh, Slash Film, our, our friends over at Slash Film are saying, yes, Glass Onion is even better than Knives Out. Uh, RogerEubert.com is saying in many ways it's more fun, it's a more fun movie than even the first. The Hollywood Reporter is saying it's more pleasing in most respects and neck to neck in most in most others. The playlist writes, it manages to recapture the magic of that first picture without resorting to replication or imitation. It feels frankly like something of a miracle. Uh, IndieWire writes, fans of The First Knives Out will find plenty of the same elements to love, although Ryan Johnson has studiously worked to ensure that Glass Onion stands alone. The Guardian writes, the sequel will likely find those who prefer it over the original. And just a lot of feedback like that. Listen, I am ludicrously excited Mm -hmm. about this because again, that first one, and and I was worried about The Sophomore Slump. Did they capture in the first Knives Out a lightning in the bottle type of scenario with the perfect cast, right? The the perfect assortment of various actors and different roles that it was just, like I said, lightning in a bottle? Did they get lucky? And then you find out that they got paid $450 million to make a couple of sequels. And you think, okay, not only did they just get lucky in the first one, will they now rest on the laurels because they're cashing those checks? Doesn't matter. And then to hear this makes me very happy. Now, again, this is other people's opinions. It doesn't mean I'm going to feel the same way when I see it, but it is very exciting to hear coming out of maybe the most important film festival in the world that a lot of the people coming out are saying, not only is it good, this is better than the original. And it looks not every single one coming out of there is saying that clearly, but hearing a lot of these ones like Slash Film, The Playlist, Hollywood Reporter, mm. IndieWire, Guardian, The Rap, I mean... It's just fantastic to hear. Anyway, Rob, you're hearing this feedback coming out. What are your first thoughts?
1: Well, clearly, Ryan Johnson learned a lesson. He decided to go Empire Strikes Back instead of Last Jedi.
0: Ooh, <laughs> In terms of like that. Well
1: done. Yeah. So, no, but uh, first of all, I love mystery movies. And I thought Knives Out Like You was so much fun with that ensemble cast you know, it, it hark back to the the now they're remaking them like Death on the Nile, but I, I love those movies when I was growing up as a kid. But Knives Out had that that feel to it, and you know, I, well, I will say this, John. I think it's kind of weird that they're calling it a Knives Out mystery because Knives Out was about that mystery, and I would have thought that they would have built the franchise around the detective character that Daniel Craig plays. Benoit, what's his name? Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc. I mean, because a Benoit Blanc mystery.
0: You know, Glass Onion is more... True, but from a purely marketing point of of view, since the first movie was called Knives Out, you want to make sure that the audience is just when they see the the title, they instantly identify it. It's true, but, you know,
1: like, eventually, it's like when they did the Pink Panther movie A Shot in the Dark. You know, it wasn't called The Pink Panther. I think that was the second Pink Panther movie. Right. And then they brought back the title of the pink panther and i just mm-hmm. that's uh, that's it's just an aside but you're absolutely right i mean they they paid 400 million
0: dollars for knives out too i mean if they had thought that there was a possibility which i don't know if they did that this was going to turn into a franchise then really what they should have done is called it knives out a benoit blanc mystery yeah that's yeah. Uh, so yeah. what they could that's or maybe even retrospectively they could have pulled uh what what is it called? Edge of tomorrow, live, die, repeat all that jazz yeah. <laughs> where they, where they literally just retroactively changed the name of it. Yeah. Maybe they should
1: have done that. I, I, I mean, just because Craig is so good in that role. Oh, he's so, great. he's so good. Yeah. And
0: and I would say this, I almost prefer him in this role than I do as bond. And he's my favorite Ooh. bond. And he's
1: having way more. It, look, his bond is dour. He's having in this, in this, he's kind of like, as far as detectives go, he's kind of like bond because he's ahead of all these idiots you know, and he, he knows, and
2: he, he's- There's like a hint of Columbo in there. There's a lot of, yes, one more thing. Yeah, yeah,
1: and it's it's so good. And I, I'm so glad to hear, I mean, I even love the shot at the beginning of the trailer, that that really cool yacht. Yes. You know, is it's I'm like, okay, totally different setting, completely different cast characters, great actors. I can't
0: wait. And, I'm, and I've heard, I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard that the Dave Bautista character is, he's a famous YouTuber. And then like that, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm in. I just, yeah. I want to see that. Anyway, Chris, uh, you're hearing these, this feedback coming out of TIFF. What are your first thoughts? Oh,
2: this, this makes me feel good because I love the first knives out and I really was worried about that ensemble situation, right? Was, was this just the perfect lightning in a bottle kind of thing where we had this great ensemble cast, this great story, and now we're kind of trying to put that genie back in there and see if it happens again. And it's so nice to hear like it is coming together because I'm a huge Agatha Christie fan. Yeah. yeah. I love that, uh, Benoit Blanc is our Hercule. I love that, you know, we have this kind of fun, witty detective who does like to toy with his people as he's solving a mystery. He is having so much fun doing this, which yeah. is lovely to see. I'm really, really pumped about this. And I, I stand by. I don't think Glass Onion is that bad of a title because there's a two prong thing here, right? If it is very much a Beatles reference, then it's how Paul McCartney was thinking it was hilarious that people always read into his lyrics and then just threw glass onion in there. So people would be like, what's a glass onion? And then it was, oh my gosh, it must be something multi-layered, but also translucent. And it proved his point of like, sometimes it's just a dumb thing. So I'm hoping that the movie plays on that too. Is it something that is right in our face and we should have known about it? Or is it just something that is this other little mystery that has to be unwound and unlayered?
1: Now, John, are are they planning a theatrical release? I mean, I would think something like this, that they would go, they would, for you know, they're, now that Netflix is going weekly, they're talking about going weekly, I would think that they would embrace theatrical you, for you something think, like this. We have
0: heard conflicting reports over the months, like we heard a couple months ago, a solid story came out of one of the major trades that they were seriously looking at doing this. Now, apparently what is actual fact is that Netflix and the theater chains have been negotiating, trying to get uh, Glass Onion in theaters but there have been two holdups. Holdup number one has been the theatrical window. Like the, the theaters are insisting that Netflix has got to respect at a minimum a 45-day window. Mm-hmm. The second problem, which apparently is the bigger obstacle is that the theaters are kind of insisting that Netflix make a commitment to how much they're gonna spend in marketing. Because for the theaters, there's no point in having the movie in their, on their screens if Netflix doesn't put up the money to advertise it. So that has apparently been the big holdup. And as the last I heard, talks are ongoing but they haven't been able to make a lot of movement i don't think
1: yeah because you know they don't have an apparatus they don't have a theatrical marketing apparatus i mean that's a whole division of a studio yeah so i can understand that but you know i mean why not make some of that cheddar back theatrically on, yeah. a, on a movie that is apparently this
0: good well more than that rob you and i've pointed this out before it's not the bigger thing isn't even put it in theaters so you can make a little bit of that theatrical money That's not even the big thing, right? The big thing is it's been proved over and over and over again that if you put the movies in theaters first later, when you launch them on your streamer, it has a bigger launch on your streamer. It's been, look what just happened with top gun Maverick because that thing didn't go that thing released on for, for digital availability for digital, way bigger than it would have if Top Gun Maverick had skipped a theatrical release and just put it straight to, to digital.
1: I mean it was it was it was gonna be I think it was. It was number one digital and number one theatrical.
0: Yeah, it was. First time it in smashed history. a lot of records when it went digital because it had a theatrical release. We, so I, I think Netflix would like to do it. I know the the, the theaters would like to do it. They just got to be able to find a way to find some common ground and make it happen. I
1: just find it's interesting because the first movie was uh, for for the amount of money they spent, it was a pretty big hit. Yeah, yeah, and so Academy this Award nominated. Yeah, and this is going to expand on that. So why would you want to reduce the stature of a movie? and throw it onto streaming. Well, it sounds
0: like they're going to try to make it work. So whether they can or not, we'll find out. Question is for you guys. What do you think? Uh, the critics out of TIFF are saying this is better than the original, and I thought the original was fantastic. Maybe it wasn't your cup of tea. Maybe that one didn't really work for you. Maybe you're not even looking forward to this movie. Whatever your thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there. Okay, guys. With that down, we're going to take a second here and thank one of the sponsors of our video. I love these guys, the good folks over at HelloFresh. Hey guys, we want to thank one of the sponsors of today's video, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep and completely ready to prepare. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. And guys, I know we are always looking for ways to save some money. In fact, HelloFresh is 25% less expensive than takeout and it's even more cheaper than going to the grocery store too. And Hello fresh isn't just for dinners. Shop HelloFresh Market for quick breakfasts, wholesome snacks, and even desserts you'll find everything you need to satisfy your cravings without stepping a foot in the grocery store or Minimart. listen you know i've told you guys before ann and i are both working professionals so finding time to eat healthy and eat together is often challenging but i'm telling you these hellofresh meal kits have made it easy to eat a lot healthier it's less expensive for us and we have a blast and there's nothing like feeling like a chef when you put the final product on the plate so right now go to hellofresh.com slash campia 16 and use the promo code campia 16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. That's hellofresh.com slash campia16 and use the promo code campia16. And thank you to our friends at HelloFresh for making such awesome food and also for sponsoring this episode of the John Campus Show. I want to remind you guys that links and the promo codes for all of our sponsors are down in the description below. Make sure you go and check them out because when you support our sponsors, you're actually supporting our show. So thanks again to HelloFresh. All right, guys. It's that time of the show now for our new segment here that we simply call our Mint Mobile Hotline Question of the Day. You guys have an opportunity to call our hotline at 951-268-4259 and leave a voice message that maybe you will hear your own voice right here on the John Campy Show, thanks to our friends at Mint Mobile. So, Jonathan, what is our Mint Mobile Hotline Question of the Day today? Hey, Jonathan Crew. This is Zach calling from Ohio i was just calling about the Secret Invasion trailer, and I am just beside myself with the graphics in that trailer. I thought it was a movie. I can't believe it's going on Disney Plus. What's everybody there thinking? Thanks All right. for the
3: time. Have a great day.
0: All right. Thanks for calling in, even though your mom was sleeping in the next room and you were trying to keep your voice down. That was very courteous of you. <laughs> um, yeah, the Secret Invasion trailer. Now we're gonna be talking a lot about D23 from here and out rest of the show. Uh, overall pretty damn disappointing event but we'll we'll talk, get into that details a little bit but even though the overall event was pretty disappointing we'll talk about why more there were a couple of glimmering moments one of those moments was the secret invasion trailer now of course this was a, a show we all knew was coming it's been in production we know we've known everything about it but they dropped their first trailer for it now you mentioned the visuals I don't know that there was really much I'm not saying the visuals were bad but there really wasn't much in the way of visuals really um in the trailer which was perfectly fine i still thought the trailer was great i thought it gave that great sense of a great 80s thriller mystery sort of idea uh the way they have evolved a bit nick fury the way he's evolved like i love that scene in the trailer when he's sitting down with maria hill and she's like oh yeah you want my help hey you've been more than happy to ignore my calls for whatever and he's just like yeah well this is different, uh, which I just love. I love that that grizzled look that he has now. I just thought, and to see Ben Mendelsohn back is fantastic. So I just thought, and, and it looks like Rhodey's now some kind of probably a congressman or a senator or something here, but I just thought overall, this looked like, take, here's where how you know it was really good. Take the Marvel label off of it. Mm-hmm. Take uh-huh. the MCU label off of it. You just drop that and forget Nick Fury, call it, you know, Ram Harbuckle and the mystery of the espionage and wh- whatever. This is still a great trailer. Yeah. And so, yeah, I thought this was one of the shining moments. I liked it a lot. Rob, you had a chance to take a look at it. What did you think?
1: Uh, well, I loved it. You know, I've, I've read the scripts for this show, and uh, it doesn't disappoint. And I'll tell you something. My one of my favorite shot in the trailer is when Ben Mendelsohn's, like, he's, like, in a restaurant or something, and he stands up. And there's all these like people surrounding him that are
0: already—they're all clones. You see them; they're all the same guy. Yeah. I didn't notice that the first time I saw the trailer when all those guys stand up. You realize, oh, they're, they're all exact duplicates. Yeah, all those scrolls.
1: Uh, yeah, and I was just like, okay, and because I didn't know what tone they were going to go for, that it, it it seemed pretty gritty. But it looks like they've retained that tone. And I really like that. I mean, I like that about the, Fal- the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was that, that tone. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they've leaned more heavily really into that. And like you pointed out, it looks like one of those great Tom Clancy espionage thriller. I love those things. And uh, this, it looks like they
0: pulled it off. Chris, you had a chance to see the Secret Invasion trailer. Mm-hmm. What did you think
1: of it?
2: Oh, man, it looks like such a good spy thriller. It looks so fantastic. And I'm so excited that we do have some really great MCU things in there. We've got Damage Control popping up. We see Everett Ross in there again, who I freaking love Martin Freeman, so I'm so excited to have him in this. But honestly, I'm really excited about how they seem like they're taking this in a direction that isn't super true to the comic it feels like its own thing because the brian michael bendis story is great the ending is a little f for me on that one yeah um (laughs) but i'm i'm really excited to see what they do with it because you know we've seen this with like civil war and other things like that marvel cinematic universe does their own thing so i really really want to see what kind of cool gritty spy shit they're gonna do in this i'm real excited about it and it just happens to have scrolls
1: and i'm glad that they kind of contracted it yes
2: it's because, a very contained story. Yeah. If
1: they tried to do what they did in the comics, I'm like,
2: how are you going to do
0: that? Well, I mean, after Captain Marvel, you couldn't really do Secret Invasion the way they did exactly. in the comics. Exactly. Like, right. no. a starting point, but it sound, looks like they're finding a way to at least make it a little bit more similar than maybe we thought mm-hmm. it would be. Anyway, guys, questions for you. Did you have a chance to see the Secret Invasion trailer? I thought it was really quite good, even if it wasn't an MCU thing. What did you guys feel about it? Whatever those thoughts are, jump down to the comment section below and leave those thoughts there all right guys with all that down it's time for us to move into our main topics here today and how do we select our main topics here on the john campy show well that's easy you guys come up with them. See, whenever you guys come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic on the show, just go anytime, 24-7, over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campius Show. With that down, Chris.
2: What is our first main topic today? Our first topic comes from Slim Kim. Hey, John and crew. So Charlie Cox was recently interviewed talking about the upcoming Daredevil Born Again show. And when they asked him if it could be a continuation, he said, no, it's a season one, not a season four, and that everything is brand new. To me, this further brings home the point that Netflix shows aren't canon. But what do you think of his comments? And does it sway your excitement for the new show going forward? All right, thanks a lot for
0: sending that in. And yeah, listen, I've, been saying for a long time that i don't believe that the daredevil the charlie cox that we see that popped up in spider-man no way home is the actual same daredevil uh matt murdoch that we saw in the netflix series it was clear that the kingpin we saw in hawkeye Was not the identical kingpin to the one that we had in the Netflix series because he simply had a different backstory and he now had abilities and powers that he never had before. So whenever I would say that, a lot of people would get very mad at me saying, insisting this is the nope, this is gonna be this is season four. Even a lot of the outlets refer to the upcoming Daredevil project, Daredevil Born Again, as Daredevil season four. But Charlie Cox has over the last couple of months made comments that we've discussed here on the show that make it sound like this is going to be a new thing. Yes, it is the same actors. They're probably going to try to capture a lot of what they had in the Netflix series, but apparently this isn't the same. And he said something this weekend that is more poignant towards that than I think we've ever heard him say before. This is what Charlie Cox had to say. When asked about it, he said this, I think that the sense is it is a new beginning. It is going to be different. It is going to be totally different. It is going to be new stories and new ideas. It is a season one. It is not season four. So it is a whole new thing, which I think is the way to go. If you are going to do it again, do it differently. So that comes to us from Charlie Cox, the star of Daredevil himself. So look, does this now 100% confirm that the Netflix shows are not canon to the MCU? No, I, 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 I look as much as I've been saying this is not the exact same ones for a long time. I would not go so far as to say that this now locks it. It's guaranteed, done. No more discussion about it. The Netflix series are not. Can I would not go that far, but I would say that it makes me believe that even more. Hearing this coming from from Charlie Cox, so anything is possible here. Anyway, Chris we we've talked about this before about whether this is the actual same daredevil that we mm. had in the previous thing. I mean, we saw clips of him in she Hulk. He's wearing a completely different costume. He says, it's totally going to be different. Now he's straight up is saying, this is totally brand new. This is not season four. This is season one. What do you think about his comments? And where does that leave you as far as your thought processes, whether or not this is the actual Netflix daredevil or not?
2: You know, I went into this very optimistic and telling people constantly, hey, no, it's not going to be like goofy, chuckle, fuck, daredevil, calm down. It's fine. He's not going to be some goofball. And I still don't think that, but it, it does give me pause that this is a totally new version of this. I was really hoping we were doing this kind of cafeteria style. Take what works and leave behind what you don't want on the tray. You know what I mean? And so I was hoping that it would just be daredevil that fits into the MCU as we know it. Taking the things that we liked from that. Maybe readjusting some of the things that happened in season three changing that storyline with the hand a little bit just to kind of fit the events of what's happening now. I really believe in this show though. I really believe in this cast. I love Charlie Cox in this role and obviously Vincent D'Onofrio is wonderful as He's born as to play ben. this He's role. He's so good. And the version he did in Echo honestly wasn't too far off from what we'd seen. We just weren't seeing him do, you know, horrific acts of violence or staring menacingly at a painting wearing Hawaiian um, shirts. Wearing Hawaiian <laughs> shirts. And you know what? Sometimes you got to change up your fashion. That's fine. So I'm I'm still hoping that this show delivers but I'm trying to just let it be what it wants to be and not bring in the previous seasons with me. I can always go back to those. Those were quality television. It stands still as one of my favorite opening, uh, uh, opening sequences. I know you're not as keen on it, but I, I really enjoyed that show. And if this one doesn't yes. And it for me, that's okay.
0: You know, it's, it's pretty funny because you go back to those old shows and whatever with Marvel now embracing multiverse, I mean, you can very easily have your cake and eat it, too. Mm -hmm. You can say, well, no, the Netflix shows were, in a way, canon. This is just a variant of that Daredevil and a variant of that King. I mean, there's a lot of different ways they could approach it. Or they'll go heavy one way or the other. Rob, you're now hearing what Charlie Cox has to say. What do you think about his comments specifically? And like I asked Chris, where does that leave your thought process of, is this the Netflix one, is it not? How does that shape it?
1: Well, being that we are in the middle of the multiverse saga, i have no problem with them starting again i mean even the born again storyline has been it was mine for mark Steven johnson's jared elville movie with ben affleck but if they went back and they they even made it more like the comics as opposed to less what marvel usually does i think it could be a great way to introduce the character and it can be i mean the fact that they keep the same actor why why fix it if it ain't broke You know, he's a great Daredevil. Bring him back. Same with Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin. And now the Marvel Cinematic Universe is in such a place where they can go back and do a soft reboot, whatever. Give us a new Daredevil the way that the MCU would do it. Right. And it becomes, it doesn't decanonize in a way they've shown. The the, Netflix series. Yeah, the Sam Raimi movie, the Mark Webb movies, all the Spider-Man movies are now canon. Theoretically, different universes. This, we got the same actor in a different iteration of the character, which I think is great, and I think uh, it's believable. They'll give us the MCU version. We've already seen him in Spider-Man No Way Home, and while he cracked a joke, it was a badass joke. It was a great <laughs> joke. I'm a good lawyer. I'm a good lawyer. I mean, it was that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that was yeah. his introduction. And
2: Matt can be
0: quippy. He is in the comics. Yeah, that's fine. well, he is in the Netflix series yeah. too. He can be very quippy. Uh, he in the can comics.
1: be quippy, but as a badass. And mm-hmm. all I can tell you, John, is one of the things that I didn't like about the Daredevil series is how the hand was portrayed. Even Electra, I love the actress that played Electra, but
0: I thought they could lean into it more. And if we get more ninjas, come <laughs> on. I mean, look, and I think there are going to be some people that read Charlie Cox's comments and feel upset because we're so invested in the Netflix series. But like we were saying, like the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man universe and the, the, uh, the Toby Spider-Man universe, the MCU is now acknowledging those are out there. It's not this universe, but those actually happened. And one of the smart things it does is it allows the people who are going to be running daredevil born again, the flexibility That this means, if this is a new version of them, it means we can bring whatever we want over from the Netflix shows. Yes. But if there are elements we didn't think worked so well, we can do them all over again with a different actor and a different background, and it's still consistent with the MCU. I'm thinking of something like um, uh, uh, Iron Fist? No, no, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Iron Fist and Luke Cage. Cage. Yeah, like Iron Fist is like, obviously that one didn't work so well in Netflix. No. So it gives them the opportunity to say, "Hey, it's the daredevil you kind of remember. It's the kingpin you kind of remember, and now, ladies and gentlemen, Paulie Shore is Iron Fist, or like anybody else, <laughs> a new actor is Iron Fist, and it remains consistent. It just it gives them flexibility to bring up. Hey, so John Bernthal, that is totally feasible. They could at some point bring him over to play Punisher. It doesn't it doesn't exclude that, but they can dodge it if they want. So it's it's a pretty good idea. Anyway, guys, question is for you." Where has your thinking been on whether or not this is actually the identical, absolute same Charlie Cox, Matt Murdock, Daredevil that we had in the Netflix series? And now that you've read the newest statement from Charlie Cox, does it alter that at all? Maybe it doesn't. Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down into the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. All right, guys, with that down, we're going to take a moment here and thank one of the sponsors of today's show, our friends at BetterHelp. Hey guys, we want to thank one of the sponsors of today's video, better help let me ask you something how well would you take care of your car if you knew that was going to be the only car you ever had for your entire life well that's how our brains and our minds work so why don't we treat them the same way because how we take care of our minds will affect how we experience life so it's important to invest time and care into keeping it healthy now there are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain like learning a new language or taking power naps but there's also better help online therapy now I've talked about this before but I've never understood this. State attached to people wanting to seek out ways to improve their mental health when somebody decides to go to the gym to improve their physical health we think that's great well that's the same way we need to look at taking care of our mental health as well BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video phone and even live chat only therapy sessions so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you're not comfortable with that and it's much more affordable than in-person therapy so guys listen right now the John Campia show viewers and listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com help, slash campia. And thank you to our friends at BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of the John Campia Show and for doing the work that they do. All right. With that down, let's move on to main topic number two. Chris, what is our second main topic today?
2: This is from Zach Stevens. Hey, John and Co. I think one of the few things about D23 this year that really stood out to me was that Harrison Ford said this is his last Indiana Jones movie. I mean, I'm not surprised. I don't think a lot of us expected him to do another one after this one, but it's still weird hearing him say that. What do you guys think about Ford ending his run as Indiana Jones? You know, it's funny.
0: When you think about this new Indiana Jones movie, I believe, and guys in the live chat, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that Kathleen Kennedy announced this movie in 2015, I mean, it has had a lot of bumps and struggles along the way, uh, but like one of the big shining things, of course, Steven Spielberg is the greatest director of all time and he's not there, but understanding that great news that we've got James Mangold directing this film who has just been killing it like Ford V Ferrari, Dude. Logan. I mean, on like he just crushes it. He's so good. And that is, of course, very, very exciting. Now, I think you're absolutely right. I think none of us were expecting another Harrison Ford-led Indiana Jones movie in 2029 or anything like that. But just to make it clear, Harrison Ford laid it out there. This is indeed his last outing as Indiana Jones. This comes to us from the folks over at Screen Rant who write the following. During this year's D23 Expo, Ford took to the stage to confirm to attendees what many have suspected all along that this latest outing as the famous whip cracking archaeologist will be his last during the Lucasfilm panel Ford introduced a sizzle reel of the upcoming Indiana Jones adventure and cracked a joke about ending his tenure in the fan favorite role, leaving no doubt as to his intentions. The 80 year old Ford quipped, this is it. I will not fall down for you again. And that in comes us for screen, right? Again, listen, If this is indeed, and I think we all believe it is, uh, Harrison Ford's final outing is Indy. I don't think it's hyperbole to say Indiana Jones is maybe a top five most iconic character in the history of cinema. Like you say, Indiana Jones, everybody in the world knows who and what you're talking about. You know it, your parents know it, your grandparents know it. I mean, and like, as far as Harrison Ford goes... He has played two of maybe the top five iconic characters in the history of cinema as Indiana Jones and, of course, Han Solo. If this is the end of his run, then it just really especially makes me hope that this film is really good because you don't want... Indiana Jones 4 and The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull to be your last outing, right? I mean, listen, even if it was, no one's going to hold, that doesn't hurt his legacy as Indiana Jones at all. No one even talks about Crystal Skull anymore. When everybody thinks of Indy, they think of the first three films, so his legacy is absolutely secure. But it would be really great if he could go out on a high note on this one, fingers crossed. Anyway, Rob, you hear you know, Harrison Ford pretty much conferred, this is my last outing, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, I mean, if you think about it, it's been 41 years since Raiders of the Lost Ark came out, and that's more than half of Harrison Ford's life on this planet. So I love the fact that these actors are, when they create these iconic roles and they, they permeate the pop culture and they they transcend generations, I, I like the fact that, in a way, we've watched this character age within the universe and then also the actor that plays him in real life and there's something about that that I find strangely comforting in a way because, look, you can try. I'm sure somebody's going to reboot Indiana Jones at some point, and that's fine. But the thing is, there are few actors and their roles that are so indelible that literally represent a period of history. 41 years is a long time to be playing a role. We've watched Indiana Jones grow and change in-universe and also Harrison Ford as an actor. And there's something I, I really love about the fact that he is getting this final movie that by all accounts, people who saw the footage that no one else has seen in that room said it looked great. And I, I I really love this. I mean, I think it's great. I think they should never make another Indiana Jones movie because the DNA of what led to it, the whole franchise getting made, no longer exists. And I think that that's important. I think there's something nice about this bookend of a, of
0: a man's career, I like it. See, I don't know if we can say that Harrison Ford has been playing this role for forty one years, because if he had been doing an Indiana Jones movie every two or three years, I think we could say like, well, yeah, but- this will be his fifth film in forty one years. Sure, right. But but yeah, no, I totally see what you're saying, though, Chris. <laughs> you hear Ford saying this. Do you believe this will be his last one? And. If it is, how is history going to look back, do you think, on Harrison Ford's run as Indiana Jones?
2: I definitely think it's his last one, unless he's going to take on the Sean Connery kind of vibe here, right? Because he's 80. He's 80 years old. Yeah, man. You know, I mean, you can only do so much with a whip when you're 80. <laughs> I, I assume. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not going to try to interpret yeah, that yeah, that's that's a cool. word. I'm not going to keep my mouth shut. Nope. Do what you want with that. Um, but I mean not he's, taking the bait he's very iconic in this role and, and to go off of what Rob was saying here too uh, if they do recast this and the rumors are true of him like threatening other actors with the don't you get it I am indie <laughs> right. he'll just haunt that set and that'll be a really fun behind the scenes documentary that we'll get I mean I, I really think this is going to be his last hurrah and I think it'll be fine and you know what Crystal Skull I'll always live on forever in my wedding vows so I'll always have that
0: <laughs> you know what I will say this I believe that it is Harrison's last one. His place in history is secure forever. I don't believe this is the last Indiana Jones movie, though. Right. And I'll go so far as to say that I don't think it should be the last movie that they ever do. Like I I, I just hate the, the the thought that, look, any, when you average it all out, Harrison Ford played Indiana Jones once every eight years. When you average it out. I would hate the idea that somebody, whether it's a Steven Spielberg or a James Mangold or a James Gunn or or anybody came up with a fantastic story idea for an Indiana Jones adventure. But then we said, no, because it can't be Harrison Ford anymore. I mean, like I've talked about this before. I think you are right, Rob, when you say I don't know that there's another character that is as inseparable from who played them as Indiana Jones was. But I think when you go back to like the solo movie, which was a bad idea to make in the first place, but I think Alden Ehrenreich proved that he, somebody else could play the role and, and made a pretty fun movie out of it. Yeah. And maybe lightning could strike with that if they did another, look, Indiana Jones is way too valuable of an IP right now, outside of star Wars, Lucasfilm doesn't have anything else. They're going to try to make Willow one. Um, But I, I mean, great I th- though! <laughs> oh my God, I'm so excited about Willow.
3: But
1: but you know, John, I, I often think that we have a problem. Our culture right now, because of the corporate interests of all the people that own these IPs, Indiana Jones is a period piece. You know, it began in 1936. Temple of Doom was a prequel in 35. As we move further and further and further away from those dates, and we move further away from the idea of th- these came from the serials, which. Most audiences don't even know what those those were in the first place. So the very reason that the Indiana Jones character existed because of what Spielberg and Lucas wanted to do becomes a, a distant memory. So I would be interested in, we need characters and we need new IPs that reflect now. So if you were going to do a, a period character, somebody should make a character like from the 80s. Because if you think about it, if Indiana Jones starts in 19... 19- Thirty-six in Raiders, and it comes out in nineteen eighty-one. So it's like okay, give it forty-five years or whatever. So if you go back in time forty-five years, eventually there's going to be the the people your audience is going to be like, what is this? I mean, it, it's too far away. I from don't know its... that
0: I agree that you, we were just talking about Knives Out, right? Yeah, that old style Agatha Christie kind of thing, which they just don't make those anymore. No, right? but but, but they made it well, and it totally worked. I think you can totally still do. An Indiana Jones story now whether it be advisable or whether they can do it great that's another question but I I don't think the audiences at all today feel like World War II Hitler what's that I I don't think that
1: would be a part of it at all no but the thing about look at the knives out it's modern you know they're they're taking the they're taking the paradigm and they've created a new character and and he's relating in a modern way and now we have a brand new franchise of a new character new fresh movie Uh, 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 Like, I would say he is exactly what I'm talking about. A new franchise character that belongs to this era.
0: Right. But but we have new characters being created all the time. We have new franchises. But not as iconic as Indiana Jones. No, not as iconic as Indiana Jones. But I got to say, if they did make another one, and I'm not 100% sure they will. I think they will. I got to disagree. I think you put him right back in there. Of indie versus Nazis. Well, I, you'd I, have in to in that time frame. Mm-hmm.
1: You'd have to. I think you'd have to do it, and I'm sure somebody will do that. I don't know if somebody should do that though. Well, because it, I, you know, yeah. I, I want
0: to see more. I want to see more iconic new characters. Right. But but Lucasfilm doing another Indiana Jones movie in no way stops anybody else in all of the industry from still making new movies with new characters. That's true, right? It's I mean, not but, like, it's not like if they make another Indiana Jones that now inhibits anybody else from making new adventure types of movies, right? Sure. So, I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it, it'll be interesting to see. And of course, the bottom line is, winning cures everything. So yeah, sure. that's what it's it'll come true. down Can to. Can we
2: talk about, though, how one of the best things to come out of D23 was Ford and Quan hugging? I have never seen Harrison oh. oh, Ford. That came out. He looks so happy. Did he you, has never smiled it, that if big. You guys don't
0: know what Chris is talking about. Um, oh. They put out a picture, went out on social media, behind the stage at D23. Of course, the actor who played Short Round, which right now is one of the stars of the best movie of the year, Keep everything Ripon. everywhere all at once. Him and Harrison Ford together behind stage, him hug it. It makes it's one of those pictures that just makes your heart smile. It just makes your heart happy seeing it. I felt so happy seeing it. And, that and he's
1: in the cast of Loki season two. That's yes. right. That's
0: right. So and I, I think when he came out on stage, he said, no, 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 guys, this is not part of the Indiana Jones panel. <laughs> when he came out, he's like, I just, if you haven't seen that picture, guys, you should go and look it up. It'll just, like I said, it'll make your heart happy. Here it is. Oh, do we got it here? Oh, there it is right there, right? How? I uh, want to frame that picture and hang it on my wall. Right? I love that picture. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about this whole Indiana Jones situation? This will be Harrison Ford's final goal. What is his ultimate legacy? Do you think they will go on and make other Indiana Jones adventures down the line? Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic
2: number three. Chris, what is our third main topic today? This comes from Eric the Red. Hi, guys. Not going to lie, I thought D23 was a huge letdown, at least the Marvel Star Wars presentations. But one thing that really did get me excited was the new Mandalorian trailer. I can't really put my finger on it, but it feels more epic. Bigger, if you know what I mean. It looks like Bo and Mando are going to have problems, and I am all here for it. (laughs) What did you think of it? All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, Eric.
0: And while, unfortunately, D23 made absolutely zero new announcements about any new projects, they did drop some trailers. Yeah. Trailers that they could have dropped online at any time and didn't have to be a D23, but they did drop a couple. We talked about the Secret Invasion one, which is really good. And we mentioned that the Secret Invasion one was one of those real bright spots Mm -hmm. of of an otherwise disappointing D23. I would propose that the Mandalorian Season 3 trailer was another one of those bright spots. Um, it, It did a lot, especially for a real first trailer of this season, because it normally first trailers for movies for seasons of TV, they just give you a taste. They don't really give you a sense of, okay, here's the basic story outline. But I feel like this trailer did a very good job of that. Like we totally get that Bo-Katan is a major, major figure in this season. Obviously they, they are still a problem lingering from the end of season two, where it's like, she needs that dark saber to legitimize her rule on Mandalore. But even though Mando would just give it to her, she can't take it that way. She has to defeat him in combat. And there's a line in the trailer. She goes, what? Did you think your dad was the only Mandalorian? And then, of course, the, the shoutbacks to the, uh, the events that happened in uh, Boba Fett with her, him being told you're no longer a Mandalorian. Well, I don't know. Bo-Katan's kind of like the figurehead of Mandalore now. Can't she just tell him, yes, you are? I don't know. Maybe that, that <laughs> seems to fix everything, but whatever. Um, you're right, though. There was an X factor to this trailer. That it is difficult to put your finger on. But you're right. It did feel bigger. It felt wider in scope. It no longer just feels like the lone gunman wandering through, you know, the wastelands. This feels like it's going to have a grander, more, dare I use the word, epic kind of scale. And I think that works to its advantage really well. And I am all here for this. Rob, you saw the trailer for Mandalorian Season 3. What did you think?
1: Dude, I loved it. Come on. I mean, and I think what you're talking about is, is the environments. Yes. Like you said, it's no longer this lone gunman walking through the dusty old West. I mean, when they, when those Mandalorians are all in like a drop ship and they all drop out and it's a single shot, you see them flying off over an urban environment. I mean, it's like dropping Mandalorian over New York city or something. I'm like, okay, this does look bigger. It looks bigger in scope. It looks like, you know, we always complain about using the volume. There's some real, it looks like there's many places they go to, things we haven't seen before. There's the stakes are high. Um, no, The Mandalorian, the, 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 it's no longer just about him. It's exponentially gotten bigger in terms yeah. of who's, who's involved and what's going on. And, and they've built out the universe. And I think that's exactly what we want from this. That's what we want from Star Wars. We want to see galaxy hopping and in different in cloud cities and snow planets, and but we want to see something that we haven't seen. It looks like that's what we're getting. And I I watched this trailer, dude, more times than I care to admit. I was I got, <laughs> I, got I got I got pretty damn excited. I mean, you know this. Uh,
2: Grief looks so cool. He, he looks, looks badass. Man. He looks great. And,
1: I mean, how, you know what I love about shows like these. You bring back Carl Weathers, man, and and he obviously, he was Axon Jackson. He was Apollo Creed. Now he's directing, and like, I don't know if he's in his 60s or probably 70s now. And the fact that these great actors that we grew up with are given these new roles in big franchise properties and get to create, I mean, grief. I love the fact that his name is Grief.
0: I mean, that outfit is badass. I'm I mean, look, that look at that. that is that royalty or what? I don't even so know. Beautiful.
1: You know, but he just rolls out with that beard, and I'm like, dude, I am so there for this. <laughs> it looks awesome. And in terms of uh, between this and Andor, I mean, the, these two, those two trailers and looking at the, the tone of it is right none of this goofy vespa gang shit i want to see some real wartime. stakes are high men on a mission aliens on a mission like dirty dozen guns of navarone the great
0: escape whatever and it looks like we're getting that but rob didn't you read in the synopsis that in order to help with the conflict on mandalore that the Mando goes back to Tatooine to recruit the help of the Vespa gang. They're going to come and turn <laughs> the tide of the conflict with their like five mile an hour Vespas. Let's all go r- wait in the tides
2: of Mandalore together, gang. <laughs> Woo!
0: They're actually going to do a trench run on Mandalore. With
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Chris,
0: you saw the trailer for Mandalorian in season three. What do you think?
2: Oh, man, this looks epic. That line that bo has of the your cult fractured our people.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, that <laughs> that was heavy.
2: I am so excited. And we keep talking about this with all of our fantasy and sci-fi lore lately of just if you take away the fantastical elements, the storytelling elements of these shows are all still so compelling. Yes. This doesn't have to take place in space. This doesn't have to have wild Kawaiian lizard monkeys who look like those horrible things <laughs> from monkeys. Labyrinth that could take off their heads. Um, it doesn't have to have Babu Frick, although I'm so excited about it. The <laughs> character-driven storytelling here is so compelling. And just the idea of dissecting and judging ideologies is so so interesting to me in this of no i'm a mandalore in the right way your way is you know ridiculous and over the top and and you are very hygienic yeah not very hygienic and then you take off your helmet what and to these people to these very very like strict mandalorians you know the way that these people are living is just absolutely barbaric and against their whole code of honor so i love the dichotomy of that i'm really excited for us to get into that more And then have all those fantastical elements like the Darksaber and everything else.
0: I'm going to make an unpopular prediction. Just a prediction. We'll see if it turns out or not. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I actually... then this looks great. I'm actually thinking Andor might be better. That's not a a knockdown on how good I think Mandalorian's going to be. That's a commentary on how good I think Andor looks. I mean, but... Like, right now, it's an exciting time. You don't get to say this a lot very often. It's an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan right now. Yeah. Having Andor, which looks utterly ridiculously good, Mandalorian season three, which you already know Mandalorian is really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, and he was the best part of everything in Boba Fett. So, I mean, we got some good stuff coming. I'm very, very excited. Anyway, guys, question is for you. Did you have a chance to see the trailer for Mandalorian season three? If so, what did you think? Maybe for you, it, it was a bit of a letdown. Maybe it didn't live up to the previous two seasons. Maybe you're like us and you thought, man, this thing looks amazing. Whatever you guys think, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with that down and out of the way now, we're going to take another quick second here and thank another sponsor of today's show, our good friends over at Manscaped. We want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's video, Manscaped. Now, guys, you know I love Manscaped. You've heard me go on and on about the Lawnmower 4.0 and that body wash. I love it so much. And so we got to ask, guys, have you started your spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing, gentlemen. And you guys know Manscaped is more than just one product. They have a whole lineup of products to help you guys feeling, smelling, and looking your best. And so Manscaped is proud to present to you the Performance Package 4.0, which is the only tool that you need to keep your boys looking, smelling, and feeling good this spring. Now, to start off with, you get the Lawnmower 4.0. Guys, we have talked about this. What is wrong with us? Why have we, for so long, been using these terrible tools that were never meant for cutting our hair down there? The razor clipper things on our electric razors. That's barbaric, guys. You need the Lawnmower 4.0. And then there's the weed whacker. You guys have heard our own Ray Ora talk about this thing. He loves using it to get that hair in your nose and the ear hair. And then they offer lots of other stuff like the crop preserver, it's an anti chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. The Crop Reviver, it's a spray on toner for your balls. And of course, they've got the perfect grooming tool for your face with the Plow 2.0, the perfect razor for the finest shave on that face. So, guys, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code CAMPIA, that's C A M P E A, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off in free shipping with the promo code CAMPIA at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life balls matter guys thank you to our friends at manscaped for supporting this episode i think i broke chris <laughs> sorry i truly we were talking while the ad was running i truly love this device i really really do again, anyway, thank you again to our friends at manscaped for sponsoring this episode of the john campion show all right guys with that down let's move on to main topic number four shall we
2: yes please <laughs> <laughs> Chris, what is our fourth main topic today? Uh, this is from Atreus the Abyss Walker. I hope the weekend gave you plenty of time to cool off because I might be reigniting some negativity. Uh-oh. This may be the first time that I'm disappointed in an MCU announcement. The cast for the Thunderbolts has been announced, and I couldn't help but notice that nearly every character included has the exact same skill set. I love the actors, love the characters, and any mo- other movie with this type of lineup would sound like a dope action movie. But for an MCU Thunderbolts that's taking the place of what would normally be a grand adventure adventure story, the news feels wildly overwhelming. What are your thoughts on the announcement? Am I overreacting? Thanks and have a beautiful Monday.
0: All right, man. Thanks a lot for sending that in. And um, yeah, I have some certain feelings about Disney as a whole right now. And they ain't fucking good. That said, you know, I'm still objective enough that I can look at the secret invasion trailer and say that was good. Look at the Mando trailer, say that was good. The only real announcement that came out of D23, Star Wars, uh, the Lucasfilm, and and the Marvel panel, the only real legitimate announcement, and really, it only ranks as a secondary or third-tier announcement, was the cast lineup announcement of Thunderbolts. But I will say this. Contrary to popular belief, what seems to be out there, I thought it was a great announcement. The basic announcement of the rundown of who is going to be on this team, I'm actually excited about. And it's actually made me interested in Thunderbolts. Straight up, I have not been interested in the Thunderbolts idea at all. I mean, don't give me, I haven't hated it, but I'm like zero interest. I've been so mad about the whole idea about a Thunderbolt mm-hmm. movie. This cast announcement and the character lineup actually makes me intrigued about this, and I'm kind of looking forward to it now. This comes just from the folks at Marvel itself. Marvel's website wrote the following David Harbour Yay. as Alexei Shostakov. I, I don't know if I think he's the Guardian, Red Guardian. Anyway, uh, Hannah John Kamen as Ghost. Love seeing that she's coming back. Uh, Julie Reese-Dreyfus as Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes, Wyatt Russell as John Walker slash U.S. agent, with Florence Pugh reprising her role as Yelena Belova and sending in a video message for the audience. While talking about reprising her role as Val, uh, Val, uh, Julie Reese-Dreyfus joked that Feige had her hooked the second he said the word Countessa. Say less! Harbour was excited to put on Red Guardian suit again, too. And he's thrilled to be teaming back with his on-screen daughter, his beloved Yelena. Russell, meanwhile, joked that he's the most boring Avenger among the group. As for Bucky, Stan can't help but wonder aloud if the Winter Soldier might actually be the most stable of his new teammates. Only time will tell. All right. Let me say that here's the basic reason why I'm, I'm actually very, very pro this whole announcement. Sebastian Stan as Winter Soldier. coming. I, I mean, listen, I didn't love Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the series. It was all right. I, I I didn't love it. But Sebastian Stan as Bucky is great. And I liked him in that show. And we know he's not really going to play a role that much, in, in, if at all, in uh, Captain America, New World Order. So to hear that he's still being used in a way like this is great. And I think he's going to be a fantastic addition to the team. Again, seeing Ghost come back, is wonderful i love that they're going back to her for me though the the crown jewel on this announcement is david harbour's red guardian because i was not a big fan of the black widow movie but but david harbour as red guardian was awesome in that movie and i have been pleading to the movie gods that we get to see him come back and play this role again because he was so good in it. And again, like I said, I had zero interest in this before this announcement. I am now interested in the Thunderbolts. I'm now interested in this movie. I'm actually looking forward to see it. Now, let me address the elephant in the room. I've seen a lot of complaining online of the lineup saying, well, it's just all guys with the same power set. I mean, Bucky's a super soldier. Alexi's a super soldier. Uh, U.S. agent is a super soldier. I mean, even to some degree, Taskmaster is kind of a super soldier in a way. You know, that's boring. Here's what I would say to that. I think that's nonsense. And here's why I think it's nonsense. Power sets do not make characters interesting. Listen to me here. Power sets do not make characters interesting. Character makes characters interesting. And when I look at Sebastian Stan's Bucky Barnes, that's a really cool character. It's not that, well, he's, it, it, what makes his character good, isn't it? He's got a vibranium arm. That's a great character. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, but it's it, it's the character of Bucky Barnes. The reason I loved Alexi in Black Widow had nothing to do whether he had super strength or whatever. That had nothing to do with why I love the character. It's because his character is great and engaging and wonderful. The reason I'm excited that we're going to see U.S. agent come back here, this Walmart Captain America, as we refer to him as, is because by the end of that whole story, he was a fascinating character. A guy who really did want to do right. He wanted to live up to the mantle of Captain America, but he had some absolute character defects and flaws that taking the super soldier serum really played into that. And then he realizes it getting near the end and he tries to make amends The us. I mean, that's an interesting character. And yeah, we can go on and on, about, well, they all have super soldier power. Sure, but Bucky, Alexi, and and U.S. Agent, they are radically different characters. And again, the powers don't make characters interesting. Character makes characters interesting. And that's why I look at this, and I'm like, yeah, now I am in. I am now in. And one last little thing I want to point out. One last little thing. So the Marvel webpage page. And Jonathan, if you can bring up that quote again just for a second. The Marvel webpage, which was the actual place that that gave this quote. This is from the Marvel's official page, okay? Here's something interesting. A lot of people have mentioned that, wow, no Abomination, which I'm okay with because Abomination is kind of OP for this group. I mean, literally, Abomination could just walk in and wipe out the entire thunderbolts team so i mean that's that i will so i'm okay that he's not there i've also would have been okay if he was there Mm -hmm. but the other person that a lot of people brought up is no zemo a lot of people assumed there would be zemo okay here's the thing when you look at the actual marvel page right the url of the marvel page this is like putting on tinfoil hat looking for little clues the actual url for it is Marvel.com uh, slash articles slash movies slash D23 2022 Thunderbolts Zemo Yelena. That is the actual U- pre made, pre prepared URL.
2: They're going fall in love.
0: This story came up on, and Zemo's name is actually right in the URL. So, again, I don't want to do the whole, oh, let's fire the heading meeting and everything, because I, I know that's totally how I'm coming across. But that leads me to believe that Zemo is going to be a part of this. I, I mean, again, I got no verification of that. That's just me being sneaky. Anyway, Chris, the Thunderbolts announced it came out. I had zero interest in this. I am interested in it now. What did you think about the lineup?
2: Oh, man, David Harbour got me on board for this. I'm so hyped because his Red Guardians so great, and I really, really want them to play up all of his Captain America BS oh, with Bucky. <laughs> I just want him to be telling stories and have Bucky just staring at him like, you lying piece of shit. <laughs> like, I think that rivalry is going to be so fun. His dynamic with Yelena too is so, so great. I'm really, really pumped. And obviously you can't go wrong with Julia Louis-Dreifer. She is perfection. Yeah. She is so great. She's won so many Emmys. She's an incredible, incredible performer. I am interested to see how uh, Wyatt here, how our... our, our U.S. agent plays into this because he's got a lot of pent-up aggression. And baggage. Yeah, a lot of demons. And are these other people going to trust him? Is he constantly going to prove himself? Is he going to think that he's better than these Russian spies and sorts? Because he has his own Americana ideology built into him in such a way that I think is going to be really, really interesting here. I'm excited to see how it plays out. Rob, what
0: did you think about the lineup and and what part of it, if anything, stood out to you the most? Well, first of all, to address what our viewers
1: said about uh the same kind of powers. I mean, look, I've grown up watching movies about Marines, you know, going saving Private Ryan. You're watching a group of basically people that have the skill set of the US Army. And and you like you said, John, the characters of a team are what make it fun, the interaction, the different kinds of people they are, but they all have to achieve a single goal. I love that kind of thing. And and look I love at that. I mean, cast I mean, picture. Look, look, look at, these look at that, that. Yeah, look at that cast picture. These like, beauties? Come on, you want to see that movie. I love the fact that all of these characters, there's going to be tension between all of them. They're, they're, and yet they have to accomplish a goal. And it's not going to be so over the top like Suicide Squad. I mean, I am hoping this will be much more like, I mean, look at the Space Marines and Aliens. We don't see them for very long, but they're all different kinds of people. Right, but they all have the
0: same superpowers. None. None. Zero. The A-Team. Hannibal, Face, Mur They all have the same superpowers. None. But they were great characters. Great
1: characters. And and you love them. And and I think when you get these... The, the question that I have is, obviously, I hope they're not fighting somebody like Thanos. Because they're not... It's going to be a much more down-to-earth threat, whatever that threat is. I mean, down-to-earth meaning probably not cosmic. Something... On Earth, something big, some kind of. If they have to go assault some maybe it is fortress.
0: Zemo. Z, maybe Zemo's the, the yeah. I mean, I, uh, but I could see here. Zemo.
1: Z, Zemo is the is the general that's they're on. You know, they're on site. Stratus, stratistician or whatever, the guy calling the shots. Because I love Zemo. Zemo should absolutely, absolutely be a part of this team, and I could see that happening. But for me, this is exciting because it's yet Marvel is leaning in to those movies I loved of the '60s, like whether it's Where Eagles Dare. Whether it's Dirty Dozen, like I said, Great Escape, it's got that feel to it. I love those kinds of movies, and I look at this team, and I'm like, I all, I'm
0: already entertained by this lineup, knowing how they're going to deal with one another. The only one I would say, looking at this image, that I would have been okay if they had just submitted was Taskmaster. Because like coming out of Black Widow, well, we're saying Alexi was my absolute number one favorite part of it. The villain, the two villains, Taskmaster being one of them, were the absolute weakest parts. Right, but
1: they're going to develop. They're going. Oh, no, they're they gonna, absolutely yeah. will. They're, they're, gonna gonna they're absolutely the going to do
0: something here. But I, I'm saying the the addition of Taskmaster here doesn't do anything to get me excited. Mm-hmm. Whereas all the rest of them—Ghost, uh, Elena, uh, Julie Striefis, U.S. Agent, Bucky—I mean, all of them—is this to me looks like a really this is Marvel's answer, I think, to the Suicide Squad.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Without having without having to be like, everyone's got a chip in their head, so there's yeah, this yeah. element to it. To go back to what you're saying about characters though, John, I think Taskmaster for you is going to be able to have like a really fun storyline if it's all about developing her agency, right, right? Right. Getting to actually make choices. Is she part of this team because she chose to be, or is it a manipulation? Is it a carrying on of what her father did to her? I think that could end up being really, really compelling here.
0: All right, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about the lineup for the Thunderbolts? I Like, to me, it was actually the most significant and probably the best and maybe only news uh, that came out of D23. I was not interested in this movie. I am now interested in yes. this movie. What did you guys think about it? Maybe you loved it like us. Maybe like our, our viewer who wrote in, it, it really was underwhelming for you. Whatever you guys think, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down... Let's move on to main topic number five.
2: Chris, what is our fifth main topic today? Woo, LJ (laughs) Maloney. Hey everyone, love the show. So after seeing the reveals from D23, I'm not too excited about anything. I mean, I am looking forward to Mandalorian season three, but I knew that was coming. The Marvel shows and upcoming movies they presented along with the Star Wars presentation just did not grab me. I mean, not much on the fantastic forefront. Was D23 a letdown, maybe even a missed opportunity to excite fans? Is it just me? Is there anything from D23 you guys are excited about?
0: All right. Thanks a lot for writing that in, LJ. Now, listen, we, we've spoken on the show today about a couple of things that I do think were shining bright moments of D23. Uh, again, the Secret Invasion trailer, um, the uh, Mandalorian Season 3 trailer, Thunderbolt's announcement was the only real news. I don't believe there's any other way to say it, but D23 was an absolute failure. It was an absolute failure on Disney's part. Um, And I will kind of go into why I think it was an absolute, uh, it was a failure. And quite frankly, the way you put it in your email is right. It was a complete missed opportunity. It was a complete missed opportunity. Now, before we go into the specific details of why, I've had a lot of people write to me and, and, and just legitimately inquiring and saying, you know, John, do you think some people and maybe even your own, Uh, lack of enthusiasm for what they did at D23 and the letdown you feel by D23, could that be perhaps a result of the whole not letting your speculation become expectation? Were we expecting too much? Were we expecting the Fantastic Four cast announcement to happen? Were we expecting Ryan Reynolds to come on stage as Deadpool? We were expecting all that kind of stuff. I would say this, that I don't think any of us needed we're talking about speculation becoming expectation yeah we were kind of expecting fantastic four to be announced but they didn't that's okay they they didn't need to announce a fantastic four like we kind of thought they would but if they had done a bunch of things but left out just fantastic four that's perfectly fine see speculation becoming expectation bites us in the ass when we get as fans hooked on one idea that they are going to do this and if they don't specifically do that, then it ruins it for me, right? They could have done a lot of stuff at D23 and not had Ryan Reynolds come out on stage and announce Deadpool 3. They could have done a lot at D23 and not have Chris Evans walk on stage and announce he's returning as Steve Rogers in the MCU. That none, There was no specific thing they needed to do. There was no one point of speculation becoming expectation. The problem is they didn't announce anything, nothing outside of projects that we already knew, even with Thunderbolts. Alexi's already in the MCU. Bucky's already in the MCU. Ghost is already in the MCU. I mean, don't get me wrong. We were just talking about how much I did like that announcement and I did, but it's not groundbreaking news. You know, also you said something. There was an
1: expectation that they themselves set Because you were talking about, we've been talking about dropping
0: bombs. They did at the last D23. And and let's go into the campy classroom here for a second, because that's exactly where I'm going to start. You see, because Disney, they have set, they've made this pretty clear, like starting years ago, that they want their own in-house show to be the main event. They were going to try to wean themselves off of, maybe not entirely, but away from Comic-Con, d23 and in previous years they have utilized d23 to make their big announcements just go back to the last d23 okay the last d23 it was insane totally unknown announcement after announcement after announcement after announcement oh hey we're gonna do an obi-wan show what Ewan McGregor comes walking out on stage, says, I'm Obi-Wan again. What? Oh, hey, have you ever heard of She-Hulk? We're bringing She-Hulk into the MCU. What? Remember Moon Knight? Probably never heard of them unless you watch Robert Meyer Burnett. But guess what? <laughs> Moon Knight is coming into the MCU. What? Hey, guys, you ever hear of a relatively new character in the comics, Ms. Marvel? Yeah, coming into the MCU. What? I don't mean see Boston. Rogue I mean no no Rogue Squadron was announced at the investor day Oh, what, uh, what was it was the, the the Disney invest but but Still. they made four, five, six like major major completely unheard of projects never known about announcements got on stage and made. They set the precedent. All right? They set the precedent for that. That we don't know what the announcements are going to be, but they set the precedent that at D23 and even going into Comic-Con we said they're not going to announce any new projects. We knew they weren't because D23 is coming. And sure enough, Comic-Con came and went and they made no new announcements about any new projects. They dropped some trailers, made some release dates, but but nothing huge or significant. And that was fine because they were going to do a D23. Here's the other thing though. Um, Lucasfilm uh, needed this. Star Wars is in a place right now of uncertainty, a waning interest in its fan community. I mean, a lot of us still very much Star Wars fans, but our expectations for Star Wars projects now coming out are a little bit lowered, right? Obi-Wan was not so great. I mean, it's it's all subjective. Maybe you loved Obi-Wan and if you did, that's awesome. I certainly didn't dislike Obi-Wan, but Obi-Wan was not great. Book of Boba Fett was not great. I mean, then the last feature film they had, Last Skywalker, or uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker, was abysmal. Again, it's just my own subjective opinion. And of course, we're very excited about Andor and, and we're excited about Mandalorian season three. But But right now, Star Wars is in a state. This was your opportunity as Lucasfilm to get your fan base invigorated and excited again. This is your opportunity. I remember going back a bunch of years at Comic-Con. Like, the DC fandom was like, they were taking their lumps and you know Marvel was shining and everything. But you know what would happen? Comic-Con would come along and they'd make some big announcements and drop some things and whatever. And all of a sudden, even if it was just for a little while, the excitement was back in DC again, right? This was Lucasfilm's opportunity to come out there and do something that got the fans excited again. What did they do? They showed us a trailer for the third season of a show that we already know is coming. They show some footage to the audience of Indiana Jones, which is great, but again, it's, it's yeah, we know. We've known for seven years that you're making this movie. We've known that they shot it. We know, you talked about it, at whatever. Yeah Yeah, we know that. We know that. They gave us, everybody want to get excited, his season two of a mediocre animated show in the Bad Batch. Yay. Who the fuck cares? And listen, all subjective, if you like Bad Batch, that's great, but I've never heard one person say Bad Batch is their favorite animated show. What about Tales of the Jedi? And again, Tales of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Hello, everybody. Uh, We'd like to present to you a cartoon show filled with character cartoon characters we've all seen already many fucking times. Look, everybody, it's a soccer. Ooh, we've never seen that character before. Look, everybody, it's Mace Windu. Oh, wow, it's Mace Windu. We've never seen him before in animated form 18 times. I mean, don't get me wrong, these are perfectly fine. They're perfectly fine. But in an opportunity to invigorate your fan base, like you did at the last D23, because holy shit, man, when you, you McGregor came out on stage and said, ask me if I'm Obi-Wan again. Yes. I mean, like, and then you announced the show, but like that got the whole Star Wars world excited. And the elephant in the room with Lucasfilm right now that the entire Star Wars fan community, including myself, is asking what the actual F is going on with the movies. Maybe you can't come out and absolutely announce we've got a release date for Taika Waititi. But even if you can't do that. Come out. And like I mentioned this on my John Campbell After Dark, Kathleen Kennedy needed to come out on stage and she needed to say, now let's talk about the movies. Star Wars was born on the big screen and Star Wars is meant for the big screen. Now we don't have like specific things to talk about today. But we want to let you know, we've got a lot of work going on. Of course, you guys have heard that Academy Award winning filmmaker Taika Waititi is working hard at at this and whatever. Our friend Kevin Feige is working. I mean, just giving an update. Just an update. This, listen, I want to drive this point home. This isn't some afternoon tea. This is D23. This is supposed to be the showstopper, the main event, prime time. This is it. This is our event. This is our Super Bowl. This is our World Series. This is our Stanley Cup Final. This is it. This is our Academy Awards. This is it. All eyes on us. People around the world, fly in. Come into Anaheim. Come to D23. Media of the world. Pay attention to what's coming out of us. And this was your spotlight. This was your chance. And you did nothing. It was a fucking fart in the wind. A, a missed opportunity of grand proportions, especially coming off of the last E23. When you did shake the world, when you gave and again, we're not saying they have to tell everybody every detail about everything, but they literally announced nothing. They're not a single project that we didn't already know about or even an update to some of the projects we've been waiting to hear about. Mm. Like, dang. This week, two pieces of casting announcements got, of Acolyte got broke. They didn't even bring up the Acolyte at this thing. That was odd. Why do you think that was? That I have no idea. I don't want to try to get into Kathleen Kennedy's head and pretend to understand what's going on there. But, but let's go back to the classroom for a second. Not only did Lucasfilm need this, I would say Marvel needed this. <clears throat> now, Marvel is not in the same straits as say Lucasfilm is in. Marvel is still putting out movies that make a billion dollars and $800 million and whatever. Okay, that's all great. But for the first time since its inception, Marvel is on its heels a little bit. For the first time since their inception. Now, I know I've been a little critical of Marvel stuff the last couple of years. You know, I did not did not love Falcon the Winter Soldier. I didn't love Loki. I straight up didn't like Hawkeye. Black Widow was eh. You know, and I get that. She-Hulk has so far has been okay. Uh, you know, you got Thor, Love and Thunder. That was pretty divisive amongst, I mean, I still enjoyed it, but it was lower tier Marvel for me. You had Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, which I still enjoyed, but it was lower tier Marvel for me. I think it is completely fair to say that the the energy around Marvel right now has never been lower. It's still pretty damn high. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not trying to say that, man, Marvel is down for the count. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that at all. But considering Marvel is used to hovering around 10, the energy level is now hovering around seven. And it's never been like that since its inception. And so you roll into D23, where last time you dropped bomb after bomb after bomb after bomb. This is your opportunity to invigorate and excite that fan base again. And again, they didn't need to come out and announce eight new projects. They didn't have to come out and start listing off every film coming in phase six, seven, eight, and nine. No, you didn't have to do any of that. You didn't even have to announce the cast of Fantastic Four. I, I have my theories about why they didn't do that. And that's perfectly You didn't have to bring Ryan Reynolds out on stage to officially announce Deadpool. But there are things you know you're doing. And there are things, you know, that are coming that you could have taken that opportunity to at least make one announcement, one thing that the fan base did not yet know about. And they squandered that opportunity badly. And then the reaction, because once that panel ended, I was like, I know exactly what kind of feedback we're about to hear. And And I got on Twitter and it was, yeah, everybody was like, well, that was nothing. And instead of raising the excitement about your brand, I actually visibly saw in a metric excitement level for Marvel actually go down a little bit as a result of D23. But I don't know, Rob, you heard about this. What do you think? Here's what
1: I was missing. This is what I wanted from Marvel. Maybe not so much announcements. I want to understand the multiverse saga. I think one of the things that Marvel has done is there is no forward momentum in terms of excitement about this these coming phases because we don't have any sense of a roadmap of where is this all going to lead. I think it's great. Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars, awesome. I have no idea how they're going to get there. I don't see the way the Marvel Cinematic Universe is right now. How are they going to create the kind of excitement that Infinity War and Endgame... Dude, I was bursting at the seams when those movies were coming out. I was... My heart was filled with excitement. I was so... I, I... Couldn't wait with the way they built up the whole Thanos, the Infinity saga. This, I think, what the Marvel Cinematic Universe is missing is there is no excitement because we don't have a roadmap. It's all over the place. Multiverse of Madness over here. You know, Thor Love and Thunder over here. What does any of this have to do? What uh, I mean, mania Kang's terrifying. That's what we heard. Okay. So how did ant-man and the wasp become
0: the, entwined the, with the,
1: yeah and, and and that's what i'm supposed to get excited about i mean i would have thought that wakanda forever would have been the launching point for maybe the apex of things to begin with i don't know like i, I like the marvel movies but i don't i personally don't feel any forward momentum with my excitement about the films i don't they're not to me they're not even connected anymore they Thor Love and Thunder, inconsequential to multiverse of madness. Where's all this going? You know, Loki's like, we're going to pick up right after season one. What does that mean? Like, and how does it, and I thought that Kevin Feige said it'll all become clear. Well, I was waiting for some kind of a cohesive announcement where they're going to try and explain or set the tone or say something about how, we're going to take you into what is going to be Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. Because right now, I don't even have in my mind as a huge Marvel fan and an MCU fan, how do they even get to Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars? And I would propose
0: that. Who are the characters that are going to be in those movies? That I don't even think would be that big of an issue if the individual films that are coming out right now were beloved by all. Yep. If, if, if Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness come out, and like, I enjoy that film. But if Multiverse of Madness had come out and it was widely beloved, it wouldn't be an issue so much for a lot of people that, well, how does this connect to everything else? If Thor, Love, and Thunder had come out and was beloved instead of divisive, I don't think it would be as big of an issue. But because they're not beloved, the other issues start to become magnified, Uh, like this one.
1: Dude, I totally agree. And, you know, we're in the Multiverse saga. That's what they're calling it. It's got its own logo. Multiverse of Madness, to me, should have ended on a note where the universe is fractured, things are going crazy. What the hell is going to happen next? And when it was over, I'm like, oh, okay. Because it didn't seem to have any consequences to anything else. It wasn't setting up anything else other than, oh, you know, Charlie Stern is now in the MCU and has gone off with Dr. Strange. Does anybody know? Does it matter? I mean, I want narrative forward narrative momentum, and we haven't seen any
0: of that in the last five, six movies that Marvel's released and I think again, I just want to go back to this as a missed opportunity at D 23, they could have announced, said a couple of things that I think would have totally reinvigorated. Everybody totally got the fan base excited. And again, it's, it's, I only make a big deal out of this because Disney makes a big deal out of this. This is D 23. They hype this thing up like crazy. This is the event. And the event came and went like, again, a fart in the wind. Anyway, Chris, um, you see all this, you hear what they did and did not bring Mm -hmm. up and talked about. I don't know. As far as, did they accomplish what they set out to do? Was it a missed opportunity? I don't know. When you look at all the stuff coming out of D23, how do you look at it?
2: I mean, for me, and I, I didn't go, right? So I don't have the sting of, That's like, funny. not Neither being there. That's <laughs> did <laughs> <laughs> but, but I also, the year that, that I went with you, but I didn't get to get into stuff, I had a blast because I just got to talk to people and go take pictures and get merch and do all this stuff, which is kind of my favorite thing to do at cons. Like, Aaron and I had a blast just talking to all the exhibitors and asking them questions. And I kind of like that more than going to panels on Honestly, Um, it might not be popular, but I like that for me. The only thing missing here really was I did expect and that's on me. I did expect a fantastic forecast announcement. I really, really did just because there's been so much speculation and we've seen all these things about Marvel talking to this person and that person. So that's the one I was pretty bummed about. But I got to say, they did get me excited about, you know, Thunderbolts, which I wasn't before. They got me excited about Secret Invasion, which I was a little lukewarm on before. Um, Moon Girl and Di- Devil Dinosaur looks really, really cute. The little mermaid footage was just amazing. Wait, but that's but outside that's out- of the, yeah. the
0: Lucasfilm Marvel big panel. Yeah. There, there were some successes D23 had as far as for the for Disney, Disney brand Disney itself. And but Disney and Disney Animation I'm kind of was. focusing on the, that, the big... Marvel, And, and
2: I understand it was a lot more of the same and there weren't any like, hey, you came here and you get to see this exciting new thing. You're here for this announcement. And I get how that is a bummer. I do wish they did a little more. but I don't know. I don't know. I think I think. What we saw was okay, and maybe that's that's not enough. Maybe uh, if you're going to put on a festival and do your own convention, it needs to be more than a fun celebration of the existing IP you already have. Maybe it does have to be a little bit more. But on the whole, I think they did a good job of just ex- uh, celebrating what they've done. I do understand y'all's point, though, of Star Wars in particular needing to really up the ante here just because we've had so many lukewarm properties well
0: and other than the again the one thing i think that they did announce which again at any other time would have been considered a second or third level announcement is Mm -hmm. hey this one character who's already in the mcu is going to be in thunderbolts and this character a couple of trailers were pretty good but you don't need d23 to drop trailers this is so true i mean that mandalorian trailer could have dropped any time mm-hmm when you are holding an event like this, where you're gathering people together, you're telling all the media to turn your eyes on you, that's the time to make announcements. And again, like some people would criticize and say, well, what do you, John, you want them to give you a full, like, phase five, six, seven, eight, nine, and 10 layup. No, 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 I just want one. Just some new information just would be something. cool. Just something, just some, something, just a little something.
3: What if some things just aren't ready? Let's be real. That's be thing. Are we literally saying
0: Disney, like Marvel, Lucasfilm, out of the 20, 30 projects they have worked on, they literally have zero ready to announce? Listen, even, we already know Deadpool 3 is happening. I mean, that at minimum. Like, I understand. Like So my theory about why the Fantastic Four cast wasn't announced, mm-hmm. which they didn't need to, but my theory is, and this might be wrong, <clears throat> is that they don't have every actor signed yet. They might already know who's going to play it and they might be in negotiations, but they don't want to have egg on their face. And this is wise. They don't want to have egg on their face that they announce that Pauly Shore is playing Ben Grimm,
2: but he's doing he's, a lot this year. I mean, Pauly Shore Good is really job, busy Pauly right Shore.
0: now, but Pauly Shore is playing Ben Grimm only two, three weeks from now have those negotiations break down. and It didn't happen. And now they, they they're embarrassed. And so I, I totally get that if that's the case that they don't have, and, and maybe they have three of them locked down and you'd say, well, why not just announce those three? Well, they yeah. probably yeah. want to announce the Fantastic Four as right. the Fantastic Four, right? So I think there's probably some good reason why they didn't make that one. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of other stuff they could have yeah. done. And did, just one thing.
2: Did the leader announcement get you excited at all? Or was that kind of eh for you? That was, again, that's a second or third
0: tier thing, okay. right? It's like a guy who's going to be, in one of the movies that has kind of been in the things before I'm as excited about it as I was about abomination coming back, although abomination is a much more fun character to me than the leader is. So again, I put that on the same level as finding out that ghost was going to be in Thunderbolt. Sure. That's interesting. But again, it's a guy who's played the role before and is now going to be in this thing. It's like, okay, that's a, that's a decent supporting piece of announcements that you make a Mm -hmm. second tier thing. So, I but know. but
1: even things like Guardians of the Galaxy
0: Volume Three that's been shooting, not fact, they showed footage for at Comic Con, so you don't have anything more you could show. Us uh, I mean, today. yeah,
1: not so, not have James Gunn come out. What about that holiday special they announced? I mean, I thought it was really Aww. cool that we finally got the Werewolf by Night stuff. Oh, that looks but, so good. here is what here is what drives me nuts. I mean, for me as a Moon Knight fan, Moon Knight. Dave it was in Werewolf by Night that they're they're irrevoc- irreve- irrevoc- irrevocably
2: Irrevocable.
1: joined together the two of them and it's like is he in this show and i i'm asking as a moon knight fan you gave me moon knight now you're giving me werewolf by night are they together that was my first question this actually looks
0: more satirical werewolf by it, night it, kind it, of looks it, like a throwback to it the it does
1: but i was like i'm fine. like i thought it looked great too but i was like i that was a question i had just like i have a question okay How does, you're in your multiverse saga. How do the Thunderbolts, how does Wakanda Forever, how does Guardians of the Galaxy, how does any of the Marvels, how do any of these upcoming movies, how do they have anything to do with your multiverse saga that is going to culminate in Kang Dynasty?
2: Well, I do agree with that. The connecting pieces right now are not there. I mean, it does just feel like, spaghetti on the wall in a way, right? Of just like, we did some stuff and some of it'll stick. Oddly enough, I'm actually
0: okay with that because I want that part revealed in the movies and the
3: shows themselves sure. rather than from yeah. a stage. Okay. Uh, but again, they just announced not announce it. I, I, th- I think on Friday when uh, Taylor put on the stream of D23 and one of the big parts of that where they were supposed to be showing the games, they did a huge section of just like these new exclusive items at Shop Disney or whatever, and then then it made sense to me. This is just them publicly displaying things. It's just a merchandising so moment. Buy, you know what I mean. And then I was kind of like, if this if the Games Day was going to be like a little preview of what what's going to happen with the with the big the, panels, big panels. Then I knew there's going to be some disappointed people. I mean, I, the only thing I'm surprised is that they didn't show anything from Wakanda Forever. They did. To, oh, they did. They only, did.
0: But only to the, the
3: audience that was be, there, which because, I have no
0: problem with. I, I think the people who got in there were there. They yeah. deserve to have a special treat. Because, so I don't mind that.
3: Because I thought they would use the event to at least show more of what's coming up in the near future. Like um, the things like the fantastic forecast. I, I think that stuff could have been weighted just because it would outshine the things that are coming out next month the next two months i think announcements like that especially for things that aren't happening this year i think it would be a i well, in my opinion i i, I think it would be like a uh, a waste of time. Oh, not a waste of time, but a waste. Well, why not just promote the things that are coming out soon, so people could get excited for those?
0: But then, why do you even need D twenty three if you're just if you're just promoting things that are already coming out and everybody already knows about? Then what? You don't need a D twenty three to do that.
2: But you can do it for a sense of community for that kind of fan base, though the people who do cosplaying, the individual merchants, and things like that. I know it's not all congruent, but but I as a,
0: as just a Disney. All things Disney fan event, mm-hmm. sure. D twenty three Expo is great to go, and you're. I, mean, I saw some great Disney princess cosplay. The
2: Spider family you posted was oh, so precious.
0: That made my heart. Have oh. you seen that Spider family? Was so great. The picture's up on my Twitter. If you want to go see that, it's my favorite picture. That, that made I took me that consider weekend. children. I mean, immediately as, not. As just a celebration for people who love the history and all things that is Disney, mm-hmm. as just an event like that, mm-hmm. sure. But the precedent they have set with lucasfilm and marvel and all that kind of stuff is this is the place where we really to use my vernacular drop bombs this Mm -hmm. is our place to do that and they didn't do it and and i would suggest that this year they needed to do it more than ever before not just because lucasfilm really needs it right now and i think marvel really needs it right now but this is the first d23 post-pandemic that's true when we know that this is the first time they've been able to do this and get everybody together it's like listen we're back in a big way now and Anyway, next I year, could,
3: next year, John. Next uh, year, watch. But there's well, gonna be a whole Bruce Lime to have next year. You know, but, but here's the thing. It gets really expensive to take a chance on stuff like that, though. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I don't believe in them anymore. Right. Don't get me wrong, I'm I'm still a Marvel never, fan. Don't get way. me wrong, but I I have zero interest in like even if I didn't have the horrible experience of D twenty three this year that I had, even if I was just sitting at home and saw us coming out, I have zero plans of ever attending a D twenty three again. Or Star Wars Celebration or anything like that. I'm never going to this stuff again, like ever. We were even talking around here in the office about getting the whole crew, getting hotels, getting flights, and all of us going to London for Star Wars Celebration. That ain't happening. I ain't doing that now. Well, but, you could get my ticket. I mean, yeah, maybe, I'll, <laughs> maybe I'll get yours. Ray on location. I'll,
3: I'll, I'll, I'll take one for the team. Aw, uh, what
0: a giver. Yeah. Yeah. Good guy. <laughs> anyway, guys, question is for you. What did you think about what we did or did not see coming out of D23? Do you think it blew the doors off? Maybe you thought it put you to sleep. Whatever you guys think about it, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, we are now going to open up the Super Chats and hear from you. It's time for you guys to get in your thoughts, theories, opinions, questions that we will address for the rest of the show here. We are opening up those Super Chats now. But before we get to those, we want to take a second and hear from another sponsor of today's show, our friends at Mint Mobile. We want to take a second and thank the sponsor of this video. Mint Mobile. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, What's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of the retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. And guys, I have been using Mint Mobile for months now and I could not be more thrilled with the service. I also couldn't be more thrilled with the fact that my phone bill now is literally one third of what it used to be with my previous major carrier. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with your existing contacts. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com/campia. That's mintmobile.com/campia. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com campia. And thank you to our friends at Mint Mobile for sponsoring this episode of The John Campia Show. Okay, guys, with that down, let's go to your live comments and questions. We're going to start with our beloved <laughs> channel members. So,
3: Ray, what do we got? There's so many. Okay, Elden Goblin writes, which Pinocchio movie is better, Polly Shore's or Disney's? <laughs> I haven't uh, seen either. Yeah, another vibe, but I'm going to guess as bad as the reviews have been, I'm still going to guess it's probably Disney's. That's my guess.
2: going to believe in Polly. All right. Let's okay. See. White
3: Bender writes, I was excited to see an announcement for Deadpool 3 since the script is in development and Ryan is in training. Why not announce Deadpool is coming?
0: I No, your you're mouth to God's ears. There was no reason not to at least come out on stage and say, listen, you probably heard about this in the news, but... It would have been, again, it would have been just another thing of talking about a project that we already really knew was coming, but it still would have made for a great moment. And I can think of zero reason. But then again, just because I can't think of a good reason why they didn't, doesn't mean there isn't a good reason. But honestly, I can't think of why you wouldn't at least make
3: that announcement. All right, what's next? Ocasio G writes, with the level of rumor, it feels like something fell through. I feel like Marvel needed to slow down the announcement. So why the major Comic-Con drops?
0: there weren't, that's the thing, there weren't major Comic-Con drops. Like, Comic-Con was, again, it was the same thing. It was just some dates and some trailers of things that we already knew was coming. They literally didn't announce any projects we didn't know about uh, at Comic-Con. And I would get it if something fell through, again, like the Fantastic Four thing. Maybe one or two of the contracts weren't done. They wanted to make sure they had all that, all the I's dotted and T's crossed before making that announcement. I would understand it why you didn't do that for Fantastic Four. It doesn't explain anything else and so yeah
3: that's just one of my thoughts all right Ram, ramp Pre- rampage predacon writes i care about bad batch and tales from the jedi i'm sorry about what happened at d23 but we appreciate you sacrificing your weekend to keep us updated thank you john on behalf of all of us oh fans. thank you so much for that man and yeah listen i don't care about bad batch or tales
0: of the jedi but there are people who do and again that's great but again I've never heard anybody say Bad Batch is their favorite show of all time or anything like that. So that's why I said it was a secondary or a third level announcement just saying, hey, and again, it was something everybody already knew was coming. We knew Tales of the Jedi was coming. We knew Bad Batch season three was coming. So uh, again, it was not big, but that doesn't mean there aren't people who are legitimately excited for those, but they were excited for those before they dropped new trailers. All right, what's next? Okay,
3: Michael May writes, or Mikael May writes, the announcement I'm happy about and nobody is talking much about is Isaiah Bradley will be in the new Captain America movie. Is it Isaiah or... I-
2: Isaiah. It's is it's Isaiah Bradley.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, but uh, again, it's kind of on the... Which is good news, but it's not exactly earth-shattering. He was in Falcon and the Winter Soldier I, with Sam, so it's just that character returns. But again, that that's kind of on the same level for me as, you know, Ghost is going to be in Thunderbolts. It's good news. It's good news, not completely unexpected news and it's again it's nothing that's brand new it's a character who was already with sam in the previous thing and now he's coming over to this one as well but it is good stuff all right what's next
3: fanjecture writes which thunderbolts if any do you think has the greatest chance of dying in the movie taskmaster <laughs> no, no,
0: i really i, I think yeah. taskmaster is probably the one that has the biggest chance of dying yeah i don't know if anyone will die though
1: oh i i agree i don't know that any of them will uh, I, I mean you know maybe they will but i i think this is a team
0: that's going to stick around you know, yep. I don't think it's like Suicide Squad. But it doesn't mean you can't lose a member or two. No, it's true. Right? So but 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 pick one. If one you if, if you did find out, let's say Kevin Feige gave you a call and let you know, just so you know, one of those characters on that uh cast lineup picture well,
1: is gonna die. I mean we'll Taskmaster you... is probably the most disposable.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah. Chris, what about you?
2: US agent, make a hero play. Oh, okay. All right, I see that.
3: All right, what's next? Amin writes, if Marvel had taken the Avengers films from Comic-Con and revealed that at D23 instead, it would have worked better, and instead, we would have gotten two pretty good conventions in terms of announcements. But again,
0: there were no announcements at Comic-Con. There was nothing new announced at Comic-Con. It was some details and trailers of projects we already knew, which only heightened our belief that, well, D23, that they're saved because we understood that. That's what we were, because we were seeing even before well, they, Comic-Con. they did
1: announce those Avengers movies, didn't they? Isn't that they, a...
0: Actually, you know what? Yes. Well, I mean, we, oh. again, we knew the Avengers movies were coming, but we knew that they actually gave us dates for them, which was great. But even before Comic-Con, we were saying, don't expect too much because they're going to save it for D23. Well, that, John, is really. funny
1: because when they announced, like when they announced Age of Ultron, we already had Avengers 1. We knew what the team was. We knew how great that movie was. The fact they're making another one, it's like, oh, my God, amazing. But now we don't even know if there's Avengers at all. We, I mean, they talk about, well, you can be on the lunchbox, but we don't know where are the Avengers? Who's in the Avengers? Who's on the lunchbox? I mean, yeah, who is on the lunchbox? Where are they meeting? I mean, all these characters are scattered to the four winds. Who, does Pepper Potts call you one day? Oh, uh, yeah, you know, uh,
0: we're getting the band back together. What band? I mean there's well see but he does raise a good point though like even like that one saying okay we we know there are more Avengers movies coming but here's what they are they are Kang Secret uh, or Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars okay you could have saved those for D twenty three but then what are you left with really at Comic Con? Then you're not really left with much um, so I, I don't know if they could have moved that. I mean, again, I just think that they were thin. I think they were just thin overall. I just
1: can't even see how they're going to get to those two movies with where the Marvel Cinematic Universe is right now. Well, listen, if anybody's Slowly got a Rob. plan, it's
0: Kevin Feige. I mean, <laughs> clearly, Kevin Feige has his plan. Sure he does. But Kevin yeah. Feige's still Kevin Feige, man.
1: Uh, that's I. I you we'll know, I'm calling the Lord and Savior of the. Yeah, him, let's we'll not be bet for, against
0: him. I'm not let's betting not against bet Kevin against Feige.
1: Him. I'm just seeing right now. I, I feel like I'm in the middle of the ocean, paddling around. And there's Ereshem the judge over here, and there's Shang Chi over here, and there's somebody over there. And I'm like, which direction do I
0: paddle in? Stop, to stop jumping off the boat, Rob. Yeah, we're still just riding this boat. We'll get there. By the way, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna. I, I didn't want to go here, but I'll say it. This had Bob Chapek written all over it. Oh my god! I'll go okay. there. Okay. Oh, Collins E no, 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 no. This had Bob Chapek written all over it. We gotta update this. He's I got think, facial hair now. I. That, that, you know what? Hey, listen. I, I will say it. I will give the man his props. Bob Chapek is rocking a beard now. He is. He rocks the beard. He does. I. Hey, give credit where it's due. Mm-hmm. He looks good with the beard. It, it. It. I'll give him. I'll give him props. I thought he looks great with the beard. Now that being said, I think if this was Kevin Feige. I think Kevin Feige would have given us a lot more. I, 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 Again, I don't have anything to back this up with. This is just me speculating. Nobody has told me this. Okay, this is just... Me. But to me, this has Bob
3: Chapek written all over it. It really does. Anyway, that's just me. Whatever. What's next? Okay, Collins E writes, I'm sorry for your bad experience at D23, but I had a great time. I enjoyed the new footage from Black Panther, Quantumania, mm. and the Marvels. I was also able to get a sweet set of Obi-Wan lightsabers. Ooh.
0: Yeah, so I think D23 as an event overall, as the Disney, you know, just the overall Disney empire, I think there's a lot to love about, you know, if you're just a family. Again, I think most people I saw there were like just Disney princesses and go there and everybody walking out of the convention center with like huge amounts of boxes. Like people were <laughs> buying a lot of stuff yeah, at that yeah. thing. I, my frustration is just really focused on the one thing that I was focused on, which was that Lucasfilm Marvel presentation. And um, uh, and not as an evaluation of the overall expo as a whole, which I'm sure was probably great fun for families that went to go and attend. I'm sure that was all great. Really, my criticism is really just focused on that two hour. Well, really, two and a half hour uh, presentation that they did with Lucasfilm and uh, Marvel.
3: All right. What's next? Well, any event they don't announce a Darth Maul exclusive item, I'm good with Because if they announce anything Darth Maul. I would have been trying to get that thing. All right, Harris McGrade writes, or Harris McGrade writes, Blonksy and Thunderbolts with Abomination not allowed in the U.S. due to it. To his release would be great. Forces him to have a sim- similar skill set, and if they leave the U.S., he can transform to help. Could be cool.
0: Yeah. Again, I mm-hmm. if if you had if you had asked me to bet one dollar on whether or not. Emil was going to be in Thunderbolts or not. I probably would have put that dollar on him being in there. But again, I'm not surprised at all because uh, remember, this character, Abomination, went toe to toe with a Savage Hulk. And he is, I mean, and look, he may still pop up in it. He might still pop up in it as a surprise. But if he doesn't, I'm okay with that because when I think about it, he is completely overpowered for this particular group, because again, he could walk into an arena, him against all of the Thunderbolts and he'll make pretty short work of all of them. So I kind of get that. I don't know. You have any thoughts on that?
1: No, I think you're absolutely right about that. And that's why the the team is what it is. If you, if you start putting meta humans that are that overpowered, then what is the rest of the team going to do? What I like about this Thunderbolts team is it's balanced. You know, I believe that this team could come together and their skill sets are going to be what sets them apart. Whoever can do this and whoever knows more about this and whoever the tactician is, the team and where they're going to get sent. and how it's going to be utilized to me. That's why I think it's a great lineup, you know, of these anti heroes.
0: You know what I kind of make the um, the, the, the analogy I, I made up the other day was that Abomination being on Thunderbolts is kind of not exactly like, but kind of like Dr. Manhattan on the Watchmen. <laughs> i mean yeah you didn't really need any of the other watchmen if you had no, dr man
2: you don't want the guy dressed up as an owl next to the actual god <laughs> yeah it's, wild. It,
3: it's you're absolutely right about that <laughs> all right okay, bootneck bootneck 98 writes got peacemaker on blu-ray last week physical media for life oh uh, yeah i didn't it's even only know they only, were gonna put it's out only of. out in the uk Oh, only in the U.K.? Yeah. Probably because they
0: don't... Did they not have... H- no, they have HBO Max
1: in the U.K. It's been released. Really, hey, For All Mankind is only being released in the U.K. Hey, listen. My Blu-ray. I'm, and like, yes, I have. Get it while
0: the getting's good, because I don't know that they're going to be doing that for long. So, so can you while oh, the getting's yeah. good.
3: Bro, All right, can next? you change that quantity to two? <laughs> okay, Birdhop writes, could an indie series about a more modern version on Disney Plus be a way to carry on the franchise and the root idea? So, saw what? Uh, indie uh, series like or, on Disney. Well, Plus. they
0: already kind of did do an indie series. They, they did. did. They, they didn't did kind of do it. They did. They yeah, did they it. did. They did an Indiana Jones series already. I. I don't know, because like then you've got to come up with choosing. a lot of adventures reform. whereas a movie, you just have to come up with one really good story and go. But they could.
2: Well, and a modern version is kind of National Treasure, honestly. And they're doing a series of that, of doing that kind of like historical artifacts. Let's go find some stuff. Da, 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 da. Well, I mean, you
0: say the same thing about James Bond, right? Because you yeah. have Ethan Hunt and you have uh, a couple of the other ones as well. But you can still do it. I, t- To me... Listen, I'm not going to say you can't do an Indiana Jones in 2024, 2025. You can. But it would have to really win my heart over because to me, Indy fights Nazis. (laughs) Or, I mean, look, Indiana Jones Temple of Doom, he wasn't fighting Nazis. I I get that. So, but that, to me, that's the era Indiana Jones is in. He doesn't need to have his own personal queue with a uh, built-in uplink watch internet well how I,
1: fun would that be i mean it's like you want to know where the well of the souls is i've got a ground penetrating radar let me see uh but again, that there takes it all is
0: all the fun out of it right like yes. a lot of the adventuring in indiana jones is made totally moot with today's technology so i'm like yeah keep them back in that era but i don't know maybe it could work
3: all right what's next okay dominic summer writes john are you guys planning on going to universal's Hollywood Horror Nights this year. If you're there on September 24th, I'd be happy to treat you to a diet Coke. Cheers. (laughs)
0: Well, I appreciate that. And yes, Ann and I, uh, we haven't gone recently because of the pandemic, but Ann and I started going to Hollywood Horror Nights every year. We even took Ray one year. He had quite the experience, but yes, I love Universal Studios Hollywood uh, or uh, Halloween Horror Nights. It's great. All right, what's next?
3: Retribution Zero writes, greetings. It's great to see quality fantasy TV these days. One that is missing is Dragon Riders of Pern. It had a long track record of develop, of development. Is this mm-hmm. ever going to happen? Bring on the filthy. Oh. I love that
1: series. Uh, Anne McCaffrey's yeah. Dragon Riders of Pern series. I read that back when I first joined the science fiction book club. And now the technology exists that you could actually do it.
0: I remember talking a couple of years ago about somebody bought the rights Ron for Moore. it. It looks like they were doing it, but is yeah. it happening?
1: Ron Moore, for all mankind, you know, Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica, Battlestar. Outlander. He oh. was going to do it. And it was—I thought it was pretty far down the road, but now it just didn't happen. Heard but nothing now, about it, yeah, yeah. Every time I watch *House of the Dragon*, Ray, I think about that. I'm like, they could do a *Dragon Riders* yeah. of Pern well, series. Well, there's like now. what
2: 25 books. Yeah, there's so much to work with.
3: So much to work with. All right, what's next? Out of time. 1985 writes. Have any of y'all heard about the 90s sci- sci-fi show *Sliders*? I mm-hmm. love the first three seasons of it. It has John rhys Davis in it as yeah. well. It's about a group of people who travel to different parallel earths. Yeah, and it starred yeah. a guy that I always confuse with Jason Bateman. <laughs>
0: uh, you, you know who I'm talking about, <laughs> yeah. right? Isn't it Jerry O'Connell yeah. well, uh, Jerry, Jerry yeah. and his Connell. brother? That's yeah. it, Jerry O'Connell was in that. <laughs> yeah, I never did watch it. I mean, I was always tempted to watch it because, you know, John Reese davies was in it, but I never did watch it. It's pretty, it's pretty good. They have these antagonists that came in later
1: called the Cro-Mags, <laughs> like the cro <laughs> wow I mean, play on one. There, was, there was some good, I mean it was fun you know it was fun but it was never it, it never reached those heights of uh, great writing yeah. that it needed but it would be an interesting reboot oh
3: absolutely alright what's next the man with the master plan writes hey yo can't believe it's been three months that I've been a member and love the town halls can't wait to talk house of the dragon later and I hate to admit Mar- Marvel Studios has missed the boat about announcing Fantastic Four cast.
0: Uh, again, like I said, there could be, like, it's not about any specific announcement they didn't do. There could be a very, very good reason why they didn't do the Fantastic Four one. Like, if they don't have all the actors locked up and have the con- contract signed, then you don't wanna have to double back in three weeks and say, aha, uh-huh, guys, remember how we said this person was playing Johnny Storm? Turns out they're not. So I, I get that one thing, but it's not about one specific announcement. It's about, no announcements.
1: And we kind of saw that with the Ezra Bridger casting announcement. Didn't they announce the kid who starred in the Aladdin live action version
0: was going to play Ezra Bridger? No, Brid- like they didn't announce it. It was, so the thing that I had heard was a couple of the outlets, like the major outlets, broke it, that he was doing it. And from what I understand, this is like the Fantastic Four thing. What I've been told in the last 24 hours was that that was the plan. I heard that was the plan, that the, the dude from uh, from Aladdin was going to be Ezra Bridger, but it fell apart. I mean, and again, I can't confirm that. I'm just saying that's what got told me, that that was the plan. And something like that would be a good reason why, if they don't have all the Fantastic Four set, already signed yeah, contracts and everything. Because that new guy, that. he looks great. He does look
3: great. Like mm-hmm. he He's got the look. to play Ezra. Yeah. Yep. All right, what's how many left here? Uh, we got two more, but they should announce one member of the Fantastic Four every year up until
2: 2025 <laughs> the comes
3: at each D23. Perfect. <laughs> All right, Rip Ritwick writes People forget that Kingpin was arrested by FBI in Daredevil season three, while in Hawkeye, he's free and maintaining a low profile. So, Kingpin is not the same.
0: Well, I mean, okay, I agree. But there are narrative things you could say to work around that. He was taken away in the blip. Uh, He reappeared somewhere else. I mean, yeah, you could. The bigger thing to me is Kingpin got shot in the face at the end of Hawkeye and is still alive. That is not something that happened that you could do to the Kingpin in the Netflix series. But again, as far as that one story point, there are narrative ways you could work around that theoretically. Just saying that.
3: All right. Okay. Last one is Isaiah Ruiz writes, hey, John, D23 was a letdown. When do you think we will get announcements about these projects that we thought were coming? Like Young Avengers and WWH? What's that? What's
2: world the w- war w- hulk
3: w- yeah. yeah well first of all no one ever said there was going to be a
0: young Avengers. Yeah. i mean let me let me rephrase it's just us no legitimate yeah. news outlet yeah, ever no. said they were announcing young avengers it's just like Batman no Beyond. legitimate news outlet ever said world war hulk was coming like these were all things that popped up which is why i mean we always warn people take all that with giant grains of salt that stuff um but when do well I mean, it's just going to happen the way it always happens now that, uh, you know, a month or two or three months from now, The Hollywood Reporter will will break a story about some phase five movie that we hadn't heard about yet or some phase six thing we hadn't heard about yet. Uh, Two or three months from now, Variety will break a story about a certain actor playing a brand new character that we've never heard of before. I mean, it's just going to happen in the normal way now, and it's not going to happen at a big event, which makes me start wondering, why do we need to pay attention to these big events if that's not what they're going to use them for? All right. What's next? Oh yeah, that's it, right? Yep. All right. Hi. Guys, with that down, we are already almost out of time here. So we are going to fly through these, uh, the, the Super Chats are coming in now. So Chris, what do we
2: got? Support from Al Renshaw and Christopher. Thank you Thank so much, you guys. guys. Ty Burton, I thought films and parks at D23 this year were fine, but I finally got my director's cut of Muppet Christmas Carol. Fingers crossed for a physical release. Yes. <laughs>
0: Can I tell you one thing that happened to us this weekend? Mm-hmm. So Anna and I are in the, the uh, elevator at our hotel and the, the elevator stops at a floor. And this lady comes in with a, what is the name of the Muppet character from the Jason Seagull Harry? No. What was the name of the, of the little boy puppet that is the main Muppet?
2: Oh, his brother in that. Walter. Uh, Walter Walter's yeah. the name.
0: Walter. This lady gets in the elevator with us holding her own Walter Muppet. Aww. That was a perfect replica. Per- he even had his own D23 badge on him that said, Walter. On it. It's like one of the it was one of the best things I saw this week and it was great. Did she follow I you follow you guys it. home
3: and like stand in the hallway like
2: <laughs> Hey guys. No, that, that didn't happen. That theatrical release <laughs> though of Muppet that Christmas Carol is great. That has When Love Is Gone In It, which needs to be in the movie because it makes sense narratively. I stand by that.
0: All right, what's next?
2: From Stubble McShave, Well, Glass Onion need to have theatrical release to be eligible for Oscars? Several potential categories. Also, Rob, check your DMs when you have time. Uh, so here's that. the
0: thing. they uh, All they have to do is put it in a movie theater in Los Angeles for one week. That's it. Yeah. That's, like for Oscar eligibility, all they have to do is book a private theater, run that their movie in that for one week in Los Angeles or New York. New York is a qualifying area as well. And then that's it. You're Oscar eligible. They don't actually have to do a nationwide release for it to be eligible. A good question though. All right, what's next?
2: from Ryder. I wish Mando didn't get Grogu back so soon. Was hoping season three would deal more with that loss. Being back so soon lessens the impact of the season two finale for me.
0: I, this is the thing. I have never understood this idea that something that happens later affects the way you experience something before. That to me is not true at all. Like that moment, that experience we had at the climax in the end of season two of Mandalorian, that is immutable. That experience will never change. That was the experience we had. And I don't think the fact that now, like, when did that air? 2020? I think so. 2020. Mandalorian season three is going to be 2023. There's going to be three, almost well, not quite three years, but almost three years in between. So, like, to me, that experience, it's kind of like the idea of remakes. You put out a remake, it doesn't affect the first film. If the remake's good, great. If the remake's terrible, who cares? That first film is still there and it is what it is. So I I don't agree that it undoes the specialness at the end of season two, but that's just the way I look at it myself. Thank you for sharing your perspective on that, man. I
2: appreciate that. All right, what's next? From Sam Fisher, John, I think you're right as to why they didn't announce Fantastic Four. They wanted to announce them all at once, but not all the deals are finalized or locked in. I
0: cannot confirm that that's the case, but it seems to make sense to me. It seems to make sense because, listen, you're going to be in production of Fantastic Four by the time the next D23 rolls around. And long before that, outlets are going to be, the major trades are going to find out through their sources and they're going to report it. So the only reason I can think of not to announce Fantastic Four cast is we don't have it. We don't have them all locked up yet. I mean, I still think Jody Comer is going to be Sue Storm and, and a bunch of stuff like that. Maybe she will, maybe she won't. But And if you don't got all of them locked down, I actually agree with not announcing it at this D23, at least for that one project. All right, what's next?
2: From Chef Rigo. Chef Rigo. Being Peyton Manning in the new Santa Claus series trailer was hilarious. Still wants to be better than Tom Brady.
0: <laughs> Listen, I don't care what you think. Obviously, I'm more of a Brady guy. Peyton Man- I heard his- He's also got a game show, like a-, a college trivia game show that he hosts. And one of the commentators, they played the commercial for it during one of the football games this week. And when they came back, one of the commentators goes, man, I sure hope Peyton Manning can find work <laughs> because he is everywhere. Peyton Manning is everywhere and you know what he's great so god bless him he does a good job he does do a he's great job. with dialogue he's funny all right what's next
2: andy captain america no way home no, no new world order wow very different movie no way it's, out no way out. it's just gonna be sam wilson teaming up with sting to take on hulk hogan kevin nash and scott hall for comic book brand supremacy only people who know
0: the history of wrestling will get that the nwo new world order uh yeah all i can hear now is that uh that music play, that guitar music in the background. Oh yeah. yeah. and Yeah. And that's, that's it. That Jimmy Hendrix guitar playing in the background. Again, only wrestling fans will get that. All right. What's next?
2: From Sam Fisher. I love that werewolf by night looks and feels like a 1930 pulp horror movie. And I'm sure Laura Donnelly is playing Elsa Bloodstone.
0: Probably. Yeah. That, that is most likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's somebody texted me that we know and said, That werewolf when I felt, and then the next text was unnecessary, but maybe yes, probably will not play into the overall MCU in any way, shape or form. But what is wrong with just putting out some good standalone fun projects? And listen, one of the things that I continue, even though I've been pretty critical of Marvel over the past couple of years, one of the things you really got to like is that they constantly are striving to do something they've never done before. Like Moon Knight was definitely one of those things. Ms. Marvel was definitely one of those things. And this Werewolf by Night, I think, looks like that. Whether it turns out to be good or bad, we'll have to see. But I like that they're trying something. And also, to the box. they're
1: really leaning into the supernatural, which is something they're gearing up for with Blade and Agatha Harkness's show and all that. So maybe this is a little appetizer that all right. leads us in. What's
2: next? From Amin, right now, who would your guess be for the one who gets murdered in Glass Onion?
0: My guess is it's somebody we haven't seen. Uh, my guess is the person getting murdered uh, is one of the people like it's not going to be Catherine Hahn because that means she's in the movie probably for 10 minutes. It's not going to be um, frickin Hulk boy. Ed uh, Norton. Ed Norton. It's Your not going to be, Hulk yeah. Hulk. Uh, gonna be my co-star in the Hulk movie. It's not going to be Dave Bautista. It's not going to be one of these people. I, I think it's my guess is it's somebody we haven't seen yet. Who's gonna be in there for a few minutes and then is gonna be out of the film. That's I I don't know that for sure, but that's my guess.
2: All right, what's next? Suthius, I'm not crazy. Those were TVA Minutemen agents in the Werewolf by Night trailer, right, guys? If that's the case, then my intrigue has gone up.
1: Might mm, have to look at that again.
2: I'd have to so check. I,
0: I will confess I did not notice that, but now I want to go back and take a look yeah. at it. All right, what's next?
2: From Bobby Jackson, I watched the Endor special on Disney Plus Day and they showed an orchestra on location during a scene. Have you ever seen that before for a TV series?
0: No, but it was funny hearing. Um, uh, why am I freezing on the name of the guy who plays Andor? Uh, Diego De Luna. Diego uh, Diego Luna, saying, "I'm there playing the scene, and I hear the music." <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, like I, that was really cool. I heard that they actually had an orchestra playing to set the tone for these yeah, sequences. That, yeah, that's what he's saying. I, which I think is actually, if that's what they did, that's that's pretty unique. It's I've never heard of that being done before. I mean, maybe it has been done before. I just haven't heard of it. All right, what's next?
2: From Thanos, my absolute favorite thing from D23 was the little teaser for the Percy Jackson show. I'm extremely looking forward to it. What did you think of it?
0: I'm one of those rare guys. I like the old Percy Jackson movies, the one with Logan Lerman, at least the first movie I liked quite a bit. But listen, you got this kid coming out of the Atom Project and who was just in Secret Headquarters. Um, This kid's a star. This kid's a star, so I'm, I am curious to see. It's, I had a little bit of a Harry Potter feel to it, to be honest with you, this new little teaser, but I'm, I'm very curious to see what they do. You
1: know, that was sent in by Thanos. Can you imagine before he gets beheaded that he's sitting there collecting, you know, fruit to eat, and he's just watching Percy Jackson?
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's canon now. That's it's canon. It's
0: official. All right, what's next?
2: From Miguel Seha. John, did we ever get your thoughts on Black Adam?
0: Well, I haven't seen Black Adam.
2: Oh, the new trailer. Oh,
0: yeah, I think we talked about it. We did. Um, I I literally, it was an okay trailer. It, look, here's my thoughts, all right? If that was the first trailer and not the third, I know they call it the second trailer. It's really the third trailer. If that had been the first trailer that came out for Black Adam, it would have blown me away. But we literally don't know anything. We didn't learn a single thing about this movie from the third trailer that I didn't already know after watching the first trailer. Like, so it's... As a first trailer, it would have been great. As a third trailer, I think it was meh. That doesn't, but again, remember, this is the mar- a marketing team that put this trailer together. It's not Dwayne Johnson that put it together. So yeah. I, I still have a lot of high hopes for Black Adam because Dwayne Johnson is one of my favorite movie stars. So, but I thought the trailer was frankly
2: underwhelming. Yeah. All right, what's next? From Blake62, I want to love Rings of Power so much. It's a beautiful show. It's just a chore to get through. House the Dragon, I can't sleep after. Rings of power, I can't stay awake during.
0: (laughs) Again, to me, the big issue, and and I'm like after episode one, which I did not like, but I've gotten on board with this show. And by the end of episode three, I feel like it's found its footing. I feel like, ah, now the the story picture is coming together here. Now I've got a sense of direction with it. But the biggest issue with this show to me continues to be pace. Uh, The way I put it before was House of the Dragon, I feel like I'm keeping up with it rings of power right now, I feel like I'm having to push through it. And, and but again, by the end of episode three, I, I really did start to feel like it was, the cadence was going from boom, boom, to boom, 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 boom. Like, I feel like it's picking up. We'll know a lot more after episode four. All right, what's next?
2: From Al Renshaw, the Zeus Thor deleted scene with the thunderbolt was great and yeah. it explains how Thor was able to give the kids powers. Has the crew seen it? Well, if we're talking about the one have you guys seen this where
0: Thor, it's the scene where Thor is in the hospital room with Jane and he's he like, cause she's dying and he's having this thing. But in this deleted scene, they hear a sound and Thor and Jane turn towards a curtain from another bed. And Thor goes over and opens the curtain and it's Zeus standing there eating a donut. And, <laughs> and he, it's Zeus was moved by, the, the display of emotion. He's like, you truly are like something. I wonder go, here, I have something for you. And then they walk off set, which is assumingly him giving the Thunderbolt, which totally changes what happened at the City of the Gods and everything. This is
1: a different scene. When they're outside, when 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 Zeus is talking about the Thunderbolt and summoning it. So this is them throwing,
0: after leaving the hospital room? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. I have not seen that one. It's online. It's a pretty long scene. Okay. And it's pretty interesting. I liked it. I mean, I think that the movie... You know, I watched it again. I watched it on Disney Plus and it just annoyed me. Uh, but it's just <laughs> I was annoyed I, again. Check and and I and I I kept watching it all the way through more as an exercise
0: and I really wanted to it's my own opinion wrong about I still, this. No, 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 it's subjective. I, mm-hmm. I it still works for me. Again, I think it's lower tier mm-hmm. Disney, but I still was entertained by it. But to do that means you have to completely take away what happens in the arena of the city of the gods. Yeah. And it to- totally takes away the post credit scene. Yep. Um, so I think they probably made the right decision.
2: Mm. Yeah. All right. What's next? From seconds from disaster. One of two. So MT from new rock stars pointed out that creepy Todd from she Hulk date was listed in the credits as Hulk Todd. Then changed to just Todd. And. Oh, there, there we is. go. Uh, in the comics, the leader's brother was Todd. Now that the leader is coming back. Does this further your theory that he's trying to get her blood?
0: No. 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 I mean, well, sorry. Let me let me rephrase. I honestly believe the Todd thing, like the listing as Hulk Todd, that was just because I think in the in the episode he was a huge Hulk fanboy. He was clearly a big fan. I don't think it was actually anything deeper than that. And I don't think he's related to the leader. Now, does the leader popping up in Captain America 4 give some light on whether or not he's the one trying to get her blood? Perhaps. Because that would be consistent with what we know about the character. I don't think at all Titania is trying to get her blood. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't make any sense. So, I mean, yeah, that could still very well be. Yeah. But I don't think that Todd character is in any way connected to it. Okay. All right, what's next?
2: From Breaking News Boss told me that as a security guard, it's my job to watch The Office. I'm on season six, but I'm not really sure what's got to do with security. Ah, uh, well done, I get it? Uh, well done, Breaking News. Yeah. Uh, but by the way,
0: everybody should watch The Office. It's, it's fantastic. True. All right, what's next?
2: The Man with the Master Plan. Short round in Indy was probably the lone highlight of D23. Temple of Doom has a special place in my heart because it was the first American movie that my dad took us to in Hong Kong. Oh, that's uh, I
0: that's love crazy. Temple of Doom. I still can't believe that there are some people that don't like Temple of Doom. I don't I, understand that. I love Monkey Braids. Uh, that movie is great. And it's really the basis for the the best ride at Disneyland, which I will never go to again, but the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland. All right, what's next?
2: From Sam Fisher. I'm so excited for Thunderbolts now that David Harbour and Florence Pugh are in it. Give me more daddy-daughter shenanigans.
0: Tell you what, again, he was Black Widow at best, is okay. It's okay. But David Harbour's Red Guardian was the most watchable thing about that. I I I yearned. I really hoped for a while after watching that movie that we were gonna get a Red Guardian Disney Plus series next. <laughs> so I could watch a, a whole show of him, but to him coming, to me, that is. Even though it's a second tier, third tier thing, already existing Marvel characters is going to be in this new Marvel movie. But it was the best news that came out of D23 for me as far as Lucasfilm and Marvel goes. is his, his involvement in that. All right, what's next?
2: From CJ Rebirth, Rachel Ziegler looked great as Snow White. Haley nailed it, uh, nailed Ariel's song. An elemental strange world wish. I'm so glad I went Friday.
0: Here's the state of D23. The presentation the day before with the live action stuff and the Disney animated stuff was 10 times better than the Lucasfilm Marvel presentation. That I mean, again, we got, we got, I, I learned about things I didn't even know about. Uh, a lot of first looks like, like they had in the other thing. I just thought that presentation was more impactful and more relevant than the presentation of Lucasfilm and Marvel.
1: Dude, I'm going to admit some. Uh-oh. I watched that little mermaid trailer, and when they finally cut to the overhead shot of her singing, looking up, I teared up. It was great. It was beautiful. I, I, it was great. I, I teared yep. up. I, for, like one of those involuntary, why is there why is water leaking from my eyes, like Princess Aura said in Flash Gordon? I, I, I did not expect that.
2: Like it's visually stunning, and then the notes that Hallie's hitting, oh my are just, God. I cannot well, wait. I mean, for we this. all knew that girl could sing. She's an incredible sing. singer. We, we
0: all knew that the girl yeah. could sing. I was really curious because different movies use different techniques for what does underwater look like mm-hmm. right aquaman's approach to it was pretty novel i thought visually the way underwater looked in that was oh. really grand yeah and i got to i i don't give two squirts of piss about little mermaid quite frankly it's not a, the original is not special to me whatever but i, so I think again i think oh my i broke God. chris, I, chris is, no I, I, it's not a special film to me i admit. But I am now interested in this movie. And by the way, you know what else I loved that I didn't really care about? Disenchanted. The idea <laughs> so of Amy fun. Adams becoming the evil stepmother. Yes. That looked great.
1: Uh, yeah, I, 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 that too. The one thing I didn't like was Hocus Pocus 2. Yeah, I have very little I have I, but very I looked at that about and that you one. saw Bette Midler talking or whatever but the other two, the our other, I mean, Sarah Jessica Parker was not even featured in that trailer. I'm like, did they just like like deep fake her into the movie, but <laughs> that movie did not look good to me, but disenchanted. Yes, first of all, I love the fact it's called disenchanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean I, I, that little mermaid, those things I, 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 for me, an old middle-aged white dude but being all excited told about us these
0: things. A week on. ago. Oh yeah. By the way, the Friday presentation at day 23 is going to blow the shit out of the Saturday presentation. I would, we would have said you're crazy, but it did. It did. All right. What's next?
2: From Andy, the Prey sequel should be called Two Prey, Two Predator. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's so stupid, but I kind of love it. <laughs> I kind of love it. All right, what's next?
2: From James Argenta, in footage shown at D23, Kang kidnaps Cassie to hire Ant-Man crew to steal something back for him. My guess is the rescue Renslayer from another Kang.
0: It's not well, a bad idea. Uh, yeah, look, this is one That'd of the reasons cool. I'm not a big fan of multiverse stuff at all. <laughs> it's that is it's like... You can get so mind-bending in it. But again, not, hey, listen, man, you got your thinking cap on. It's not a bad theory. All right, what's next?
2: From a Amin, the Fableman's trailer looked great. Yes, Ooh, it yes. did. We
0: simply did not have room today to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm going to see if we can make room for it on tomorrow's show because the Fabe, that's the whole Steven Spielberg thing. I, I cannot wait to see it. It did look really, really good. Thanks for mentioning it, man. All right, what's next?
2: From Anubis Genocide, one of three. Hi, John and crew! So hyped for Mando season three. Love that this new season is going more epic adventure. It feels like the epicness is earned. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think Zemo will be in the Thunderbolts as the villain, considering the lineup has three super soldiers and his hatred for their kind.
0: That Part that is three. actually some good reasoning right there. I think that might be it. Yeah, and thank it. you, Anubis. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, th- Here is the one thing though: I don't know. The Thunderbolts are being assembled to face a threat. But for Zemo to be the antagonist for that reason means he doesn't become a threat until the Thunderbolts are already assembled. So I I don't know. The the other thing, too, is this, is that Falcon and the Winter Soldier made Zemo a lot more sympathetic. Yeah. Right? So a straight villain turn doesn't really make a lot of sense right now. Uh, But again... His name is literally in the official Marvel site's URL. So I, I still think he's going to be a part of it, but as the villain, I'm not really sure.
1: I think he probably brings whatever mission they're going on. It's Zemo who instigates Maybe. it or brings it to them. Yeah. That's what I would assume.
0: All right, what's next? He brings the ruckus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> From Stubble McShay, House of the Dragons, no spoilers. Did she drink the tea, yes or no? Yeah,
0: yeah, she did. Listen, I'll tell you why that ending was so great. Put up our spoilers alarm. And we will talk about this more later on our House of the Dragon open spoiler discussion after show, which is going to come up a little bit later today at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Make sure you guys come and join us for that. Uh, But here's here's my little thought on that. Here's why I love that last shot. That last shot. When the dude brings in his morning after pill. (laughs) Is I continue to be impressed with the character Of Viserys, of the king. Because that last little thing at the end when he sent it off to her was basically his very subtle and not so subtle way of letting her know, you think you can pull something over on me? Like, you don't think I know? And because if not, why would he have sent her the tea right? And I think part of the reason why Renera's face was like so kind of like whatever when the tea was brought is like, shit, he knows. Like, he knows, and he didn't buy what I was selling. And I loved that.
1: But the ironic thing is they actually didn't consummate that relation. Oh, if not say that. Well, we have spoilers We up. got the spoiler we spoilers up. Up. They didn't no, consummate. No, no. He's
0: not talking about Damon. It ain't Damon oh, that oh, the morning oh. after thing is for, right? Because, you know, Damon got the engine and She took it home with somebody else. Yeah. Do you think he knows she has that? A blue box. I think so. I think so. All right. You can take spoiler warning down now. All right, what's next?
2: From My5Head, I feel that part of D23's issue is that half the projects announced last time haven't even released yet. Maybe that's further proof that they didn't need to do one this year. (laughs) Well, no, listen.
0: In this world, things change so rapidly and sprout up on a cycle of like every three weeks. We've had years since the last D23. You, there, there is no, we've already talked about eight or nine different things that they could have done or could have said or whatever. But so no, I, I don't personally subscribe to that theory. I, I don't personally, it's not a bad one, but I don't personally subscribe to that one. All right. What's next?
2: From JICSC, hope press at D23, drop some Jaeger bombs instead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah,
0: there, uh, there you go. Whatever. But eh, I let's, let's put it this way. I had a number of people that we know, uh, talking to me after that whole thing, which with, some of their own individual horror stories, but, oh, whatever. All right, what's next? Also, we have the one below it.
2: Oh, from Jay. D23 was like a bad Super Bowl matchup a la Denver ver- versus Seattle.
0: Oh, <laughs> that one was a stinger. The,
2: the Seahawks versus the Bronx. Very Oh, oh, yeah.
0: oh
2: I shut down the camera. <laughs> um,
0: but yes, yeah, they literally, they lost. They, I mean, that game was over before it even started really that one oh yeah all right what's next
2: from bert matt smith is winning big no two movie uh, number two movie morbius and number four show the crown on netflix plus house of the dragon the number one show on hbo
0: i mean listen matt smith is i mean morbius aside uh a, a movie where he even says i'm not even quite sure what the movie is about when he was, was shooting it but I mean, Matt Smith is all like, dude, if you have not seen The Crown, I know to a lot of people, you think The Crown isn't a show that's made for me. And maybe under most circumstances, it would be true. I thought that as well. The Crown is excellent television. Yep, it really is. And when Matt Smith's playing Prince Philip, he's great in it. And the way him and Claire Foy would play off each other is marvelous. But again, him as Damon in this is absolutely fantastic. I loved him in this new episode. All right, what's next?
2: From uh, BJ, sending a $20 super chat. Thank, Thank you. you BJ. Since Netflix doesn't offer percent points to creators and most of its return would come from new subscriptions, could they entice theaters with a greater share on ticket sales, taking just enough to cover additional marketing?
0: The, the problem is, again, that d- really doesn't have anything to do with it. The two main hurdles that they have to cross are, number one, the exclusive theatrical window, and number two, making a a money commitment of how much money they will put up to market and advertise that they're putting these movies in theaters. If they can get over those two hurdles, it'll happen. If they can't get over those two hurdles, no matter what else they try to do, it ain't going to happen. So these are the the objects that are in, in their way right now. All right, what's next?
2: From matt sanders sending an almost a 20 super chat thank, thank you matt. matt john yesterday's episode of house of the dragon was so good probably the best yet there was no action people got action just pure character plotting
0: <laughs> i loved i mean a little bit of a spoiler for the house of the dragon after show later i loved this episode me too there was so much character stuff going on i i'm not gonna say it was my favorite episode yet it's not but I completely love the episode. I've loved every single episode the show's put out so far. It's been amazing. All right, what's next?
2: From Mr. Graham 91, the biggest surprise to me was zero information regarding Blade. Not even concept art? D23 was a whole lot of nada. I mean, that's,
0: again, Blade would have been yet more information about a movie that we already knew about, but give us something new about it. I mean, they're supposed to start shooting next month. Yeah, I mean, I, again, there's so much about their choices they made for and Hey, hey, hey. At least they used a bunch of their time to show us the Steve Rogers musical. I mean, at least there was that. All right. What's next?
2: From South Texas shark. Really no Jedi or Spider-Man gameplay trailer.
0: Um, yeah, but I don't even know if Disney's the, I, I, I'm saying this honestly, not facetiously. I don't even know if D 23 would have been the venue for that. I, I just don't know. Well,
2: We were watching some game stuff here on Friday and it was kind of weird that they didn't have it in that, but I mean, maybe they're not completed.
3: Yeah, or they don't have something. right Also, with mobile games too, and I yeah. was like, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. get what this whole weekend is going to be about.
2: That, that new and Disney I, multiverse game, though, is like crazy fun. And I was like, should I warn John? Should I just give him a
3: text, maybe warn <laughs> him? And I was like, nah, let's just see what. Happens. Just kidding. Listen,
0: I gotta. Get, by the way, I want to give a shout out to. Um, I can't remember the name of the staff member but i want to give a shout out to comic book movies uh or comicbook.com i damn it was it comic book movies or comic you know i think it was comicbook.com um that was doing live blogging of the event because even though i was not able to get into the presentation i was in my hotel room ravenously following it and they did a great job with their live blogging the 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 step by step blow by blow what was going on in out uh, the panel so they did a fantastic job of live blogging that uh, which was great but I was just sitting there waiting for something like we remember the Incredibles where Mister Incredible gets mad and he smashes his car and then he looks at him, that little kid is on his tricycle he I goes what are you waiting for and he says I don't know I was waiting I know, for something, something
2: amazing waiting for something
0: amazing to happen that was me that was me the entire two and a half hours of following these live blogs. Of the D twenty three panel. Anyway, nice voice. Shout out that. You. That was Thank really good. Thanks. This is so Great. good at
2: that. Thanks, guys. All right, what's next? <laughs> From Jim One. Uh, thoughts on Bree's comments about her future in MCU. I mean, it, stand, it sounded
0: pretty standard. She was, I don't know. Like, <laughs> pretty standard. I think she was also taking a veiled shot at some at some people in. Oh, but,
1: I think she was absolutely taking a shot. Yeah. And I
0: like I tweeted
1: out. I'm like, this kind of made me sad. You know, that it should be celebratory. I've got marvels coming out, I've got, you know, young. Kamala, we loved her show and but she wasn't like that. She's like, I don't know, do
0: people want to see me in the MCU?
2: She did say lovely things about Amon though. She's like, I love her, she's amazing, she she's so good for the yeah. role and, and that's she why not, I wanted to be she, part of this. By
0: the way, she did not sound dour at all. Like she was pretty upbeat when she was when she was saying it. So mm-hmm. I mean it was but but it's a standard thing it's like the exact same thing chris hemsworth said i don't know we'll see and so and so i mean it was the pretty but she said does anybody want to see me in the role i know but that was her specifically taking a shot yeah she was taking a shot (laughs) she was not dour about That, that was her specifically taking a crack which she had every right to by the way all right what's next
2: from james welsh little mermaid trailer was awesome
0: it was really good shocked me surprised me it was really really good all right what's next
2: from sam fisher did you see the trailer for spielberg's the men's i love that it's autobiographical his mother was pianist and dad an engineer like the trailer oh,
0: i love that yeah mm-hmm. again we're gonna try to make room to like today was just too packed we're gonna make room on the uh, hopefully make room on the show for it tomorrow we're gonna talk about more in depth but yeah it's steven spielberg man i mean it looked great all right what's next
2: from Mike Joy, saw Barbarian this weekend and loved it. Although I think my breast milk fetish is gone now.
0: <laughs> well, I, I know
2: enough about this movie to I, get that.
0: I haven't uh, seen the movie, so I have no idea what that is in reference to. Okay, but, yeah. but obviously this weekend was very, I couldn't get out to see it. So hopefully in the next 48 hours, I'm going to finally get a chance to watch Barbarian. You'll know it when you see it. All right, what's next?
2: From Caden, the Parks panel was so weird and disappointing. I don't actually know anything about the Parks panel,
0: uh, the Parks presentation. I, I didn't see or hear anything out of it at all. Do you what? want to hear the best thing that came out of it? What's that? They are putting a Porto's Bakery at Downtown Disney. Yes, a Porto's Bakery, <laughs> and there's also an Asian food chain that's going in there that my Din wife is really tai excited. Feng? I think that's it. Oh, Den Tai my, Fung's great! Yeah, my wife was oh, really, really excited about that. Oh, it's, yeah. so Except it's good. still
3: really confusing as to how you go and attend a park there.
0: Yes. Now. I don't understand <laughs> I do it. No, so I'm not going to go. All right, what's next?
2: So Kenzie has a super chat. They just need to put it in the chat here because they didn't understand how the super chats work. So we'll oh. come back to them um al renshaw thoughts on cameron announcing production on avatar 4 has begun well it's cameron it seems like a bad business decision for disney
0: i why why is it a bad business decision i mean he he said there i mean obviously two is coming out they're done shooting three and they're Gearing up to start shooting four. I I don't. I'm not used to this pace for Avatar. It's scaring me. Yeah, I mean, Avatar. <laughs> We've like whatever year. I, I don't. What do you think he means by bad business decision? I don't understand. I,
1: that. I don't know. I mean, these these movies. It was already designed and announced that this is how that was going to go. It's not like they were. It's not like Disney's like, well, let's go make another one. Here's four hundred million dollars or whatever. I mean, I listen. This was I, all known.
0: I get if Avatar was a brand new franchise. It is known. Then shooting one and two and starting to shoot the third one before the first one's even come out in theaters and you don't even know how the audience is going to react to it, that's one thing. But Avatar, the first one, pay attention to this, is the biggest movie of all time. It is the most successful, biggest film in the history of cinema. They feel pretty good that they're going to make money. Now, they may not make $2.5 billion like the first film, But they're going to make a lot of money and they know it. So they feel pretty safe at this point. All right. What's next?
2: From Danito was watching the video with Paddington and the queen when he said, thank you for everything. I broke. She really felt like everybody's grandma. RIP,
0: dude. I just saw the tweet from the Paddington thing, just saying, thank you for everything, ma'am. And I says that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I got a little emotional at that, too. That was precious. That commercial that the queen did with Paddington was awesome. I, I loved that. All right. What's next?
2: From Chef Rigo. Chef Rigo. So my Dallas Cowboys season is over.
0: <laughs>
2: Whoa! <laughs> you know,
0: I um, who's who's the dude on who's the dude on ESPN again? Guys I was always talk like a uh, uh, um, uh, Smith. Uh, What's his name? Oh, Stephen A. Smith. Stephen
3: A. Smith. Oh, he's the Cowboy. The
0: one thing me and Stephen A. Smith have in common is our hatred of the Dallas Cowboys. That's who you're (laughs) mimicking. And watching them lose always puts a skip in my step. And the fact that they did it at the hands of Tom Brady make it even better. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. You know what? what? Think about it, Chris.
2: But my my friend, Britt Johnson, who is an incredible sports reporter, she uh, covers all the Cowboys stuff. So I always I always think of Britt when I hear the Cowboys. She's such a fan and she has really, really good insight and makes it a little more easy for me to understand some stuff that's going on. So thank you for explaining sports to someone like me who doesn't get them.
0: But I I will say this quickly. If you are a Dallas Cowboys fan, do not count them out. Dak Prescott, who did get injured, but I I suspect it's not going to be out long. He's a really good quarterback. And they had a very effective offense. And I think they are going to win a lot of games this year. I I really do. But I will celebrate every time they don't. But I I actually think they're going to win a bunch of games. They're not going to do anything in the playoffs. Of course they're not. But I think they're going to win a lot of games.
2: This is why we need relegation, though. That's right. Dallas Cowboys
0: should be put down into the relegation league. Absolutely. All right. What's next
2: <laughs> from Bobby Jackson, hearing you all talk about seeing John Williams got me thinking, are there any great documentaries about his life and career you can suggest or a biopic?
0: I'm not, familiar, I'm not aware I'm, of any. I'm not either. But I mean, understanding that him coming up his very first job being kind of mentored under Alfred Newman, uh, his development through the whole studio system, becoming the icon that he is. I'd be very fascinated, but as far as I'm, as far as I'm aware, I, I don't know of any That's a great question though. All right, what's next?
2: From Slim Shady, hey, John and crew, I love your guys' show so much. I've been watching every day since I first discovered your channel. Hashtag balls matter. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate
0: that. Thank you for being here and being along for the ride with us. I'm so glad you're a daily viewer, man. Thanks for a lot for that.
2: All right, what's next? From Russell Armador, fantastic forecast announced, Blade Villain revealed, World War Hulk announced to fill 2024 slot along with Deadpool, all live from D23 in an alternate reality. Sorry, guys.
0: Yeah, that. so that whole thing. I kept telling people, "Guys, D23, Oof. Oof. it's gonna be bomb, bomb after bomb mm-hmm. after bomb, mm-hmm. <laughs> blowing our minds wide open." Wow, swing and a miss! Was like... I was so wrong Pew. about that. <laughs> hey, at least you're mad <laughs> enough to admit it. Oh God, was I? I mean, there's no <laughs> getting around it. I mean, I, I had thought like this is gonna be last, like last uh, D23. It will be all right. Yep, we are. Right. Yep, not so much. That didn't age well. That didn't <laughs> age well at all. All right, what's next?
2: From uh, oh, we just did that one.
0: We did this, this one. Yeah. Yep. Oh, all right.
2: From Scott D. Tons new announcements for animation, Pixar, and parks.
0: Yeah. Again, yeah. Uh, the 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 Disney Expo, the Disney 23 Expo. Um, overall, as a celebration of Disney event and other things they were doing, quite good. Um, I mean, but obviously for people who watch this show and whatever really our focus was on by the way i literally just got what does it say here i literally just got this thing from walt disney studios publicity walt disney studios unveils new projects not at d23 it didn't uh unveils new projects cast reveals and exclusive new content at d23 expo well it certainly wasn't for lucasfilm or marvel <laughs> um but that's the thing like the expo itself as a celebration of all things disney Hey. Right? hey, I, I think probably on many levels it was a lot of fun was had by all. but again, uh, and no not taking that call. um, and again, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, um, who was calling John? You'll never know. um, but again, we were really just focusing on the the Saturday ten a m. Lucasfilm Marvel presentation. And that's the one that really... (laughs) Why wouldn't
2: you take his goal? (laughs)
0: um, Maybe I'll let people know who it was a little bit later.
2: Anyway, okay. uh, What's next? From Imposter, do you think Marvel doesn't believe in Fantastic Four? Oh,
0: of course they do.
2: Why why would they be making it if they didn't? Besides, they haven't even shot
0: one frame of it yet. No, they are 100% excited about it. They're very stoked for it. Again, I just think it's... My guess is, my theory is... They don't have all of the actors completely locked up yet. They probably have got two or three of them completely locked up, but maybe one just hasn't signed on the dotted line yet, and they don't want to make an announcement and then have to backtrack on it, and they don't want to make the announcement without being able to announce the whole cast. So uh, that's my guess right now, but they absolutely (laughs) believe in it. Totally. All right, what's next?
2: Backtracking to Kenzie Brumley, uh, they just wanted you to weigh in on Br- Brie Larson's comments. Oh, we know, already kind of covered so, that. Yeah. So
0: listen, it was a it was a quick question. It was a one-line answer. Mm-hmm. That was pretty template of every other MCU thing that gets asked. How long are you going to play it? Yeah, and well, I think I making see. the
2: dig is a little acceptable yeah. because of the amount of crap she's doing. Oh, yeah, out. no,
0: she's completely entitled to all the digging she wants to do now yeah. with all the shit she's taken. She's Absolutely. a Emmy
2: Award actress. She's brilliant. Yeah. I love her. She's has right, two toys figures. Ooh, okay. from Ulatan. Anymore did Rob? you see? Did you see Mike Tyson's comments about his Hulu series? He claims it was done without his consent and had Dana, uh, Dana White squash Hulu's ad deal with the UFC.
0: Um, I don't care.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean the, the thing, public events, public events can be made movies out of. They don't need your consent. Um, and, and so I look, I haven't seen the series. I have zero interest in the series like none at all but i mean they, they don't need his permission to do it so historical figure yeah and and a lot like a lot of this was played out in public and once it is that's fair game for people to make a movie out of so it is what like but again i haven't seen it so i'm not giving any specific commentary because i haven't seen it myself i have zero interest in watching it but it is what it is all right what's next
2: Comic-Nizer, hey, John, I love you and your legendary (laughs) J.C. Rands, but I get worried about your blood pressure, my dude. You good? Bring on the film. Oh, oh yeah,
0: I'm good. I I just, listen, I get passionate about this stuff because this stuff matters to me. Star Wars matters to me. Marvel matters to me. The the MCU matters to me. And yeah, when I, I think something really dumb happens here, which I think happened here, yeah, I get, I get upset. But you understand, my upsetness is confined to the world of yeah. movies and entertainment. I mean, it's, there are bigger real problems in the world, ladies and gentlemen. But yeah, when we're talking about this area, yeah, and I his, get I get worked up for it because I care.
2: Your blood pressure is great. Thanks to your friends at HelloFresh, Athletic Greens, and Better Health.
0: Yes, that's right. Always taking care of it. Good callback on that. Thank I you. Mm-hmm. Well done.
2: All yeah. right, what's next? earn those sponsors jamie sundays marvel should have had i uh, should have ended after Endgame. not saying the quality is getting bad or anything i just think at some point your story has to end it feels like the walking dead where it just keeps going
0: well the world keeps going i mean look i have to, listen if you have great movies to tell and great stories to tell you don't why end it listen shang chi is one of the best Marvel movies. I I, I can I contend that. I think it's one of the best Marvel movies. WandaVision is one of the best things Marvel's ever produced. I absolutely loved Ms. Marvel. Um, you know, so, yeah, no, they didn't need, why? Why, why if you still have good stories to tell, tell those stories. And listen, it's not as if the audience has disappeared for it. Spider-Man No Way Home came out and made over $2 billion. Billion dollars. 1000000000 dollars Thor Ragnarok was considered underwhelming by a lot of people. It's still almost brushed up to a billion dollar mark. Same with, with, uh, Dr. Strange, the multiverse Matt is way outpaced what the first Dr. Strange did at the box office. I mean, listen, so number one, they still have stories to tell. Number two, the audience is clearly still very hungry for these stories. So I got to disagree with you, man, in no plane of the multiverse should they have ended this thing after Endgame at this point. Not, not a chance. All right. What's next?
2: From uh, Jorge86, how hype are you, Rob, for MMF, Wilson Ovation?
0: That's Monday Night
1: Football. Oh, thank you. Okay. Um, You know, I'm sad, but I can't wait to watch it. You know, I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Most of all, I can't wait to see what the Seahawks are going to
0: do. I'm I'm not going to lie to you, brother. I know. I I don't see a lot of wins in the Seahawks this year. This year. They're in a rebuilding thing now. I know. but you know what? Maybe Uncle Pete can do some interesting stuff. Hey, listen, over the next couple of years, I think he will. I, I just I, this, I just think this Broncos team is already fundamentally quite a good team. Yes. And now they've added a, a, an all-pro quarterback. I know. Uh, it might Our get ugly for Seattle tonight. Might get ugly for Seattle tonight. I hope I'm wrong, though. Hope I'm wrong. All right, what's next?
2: And now we're just ending with some support. We've got Rami Forever. We've got Timothy Webster sending in a $50 super chat. just to to be supportive. Just to be supportive. Thank you, Timothy. Thank you. And then Cap K sending in support as well at a $10 level, which is super, super nice. Thank you so much, Thank you so much, guys. And guys... That'll do it for today's
0: installment of the John Campy show. Thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special. Thank you to all you guys who sent in those super chats. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. Number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the John Campy show. Thank you guys so very much for your support. So for everybody in the room with me right now, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett, we got Chris Carr. Ray Orr has been sitting back there and we don't have his camera set up right now, or is it? Oh, <laughs> there is a camera set up for Jonathan Voico. Jonathan Voico, guys, don't forget a little bit later today at 3 p.m., although we might bump it to 3.30, but we're aiming for 3 p.m. today is our House of the Dragon open spoiler discussion after show. Make sure you guys come on back and join us for that. And also make sure you come back and join us for the John Campy show again tomorrow. Do all the YouTube thing. Subscribe to our channel. Make sure you click the thumbs up. Leave some comments below. And guys, that'll do it for us for now. Thanks a lot for being here. My name's John Campia. And until next time, bye-bye.